We All love right. hip hop. Just lead it. Um, there you go. You're actually right there. Perfect. Okay. Do I need headphones? No, you don't need no headphones, bro. I'm, I've, I'm making sure that the, everybody's voices are even. Because like what I was saying before, right? The audio that even we did for the first time that we had a conversation. Those were trash, man. Really? Dude, like I was using a phone back then. It worked. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and not the phone for the video. I'm talking about the phone right here, like the, 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 the iPhone in the middle of the table, recorder on, and then that's just what's picking up the audio. So you're getting you, me, Herc, the fucking whatever air conditioner that's in the room. If there's music playing down the street, everything's yeah, going right, into yeah. the one audio. Yeah, for real. <laughs> one track. Yeah, yeah, one track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> there's no mixing involved in that, fam. Like, yeah, no doubt, yeah. So it's That's like, those are brutal to me. Like, I appreciate the fact that we were able to have the conversation. Yeah, yo. And all that, but like, brutal audio, fam. Yo, yo. I, man, I talked to this dude in New York and he really changed my head about that. He's like, yeah, I know, like, it's like, you get the best shit you can, obviously. But he's mm. like, honest, sometimes with some people, if you got, especially with hip-hop and people dying and shit. If yeah. If it's real and you got a little shitty something, at least you got a little something. At least you got it. But but it's like, I, I'm, I'm with you when you're like a real lover of audio and video. Yeah. You're like, yo, I want it. I want it as best as I possibly can capture it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. want it as clear as sounding and clear looking as I can. Yeah. But like, you want that to be something that when you look back in history, people are like, okay, I can hear it. I can watch it. You know what I'm saying? Not be like, oh, this is okay, but I got to turn it off. Yeah, exactly. Where you like watch it once. You're like, okay, I kind of get it, but this isn't like, you didn't, this isn't the gold take. Yeah. This isn't, the, this isn't the, like the master video. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm with you, man. So hard on that. Man. Oh. Well, you know, we're, we're both content creators of, of many types, so. I'm I'm glad that we're gonna be able to have this conversation here today, fam. Oh man, go in, go in, you can ask. So, uh, listen, with no further ado, okay? Yeah, let me know when we start. We 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 listen from the time we started having a conversation, and I'm talking into this mic. We're going. Okay, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> you know let's go in. Right. So, we had the conversation with this gentleman. Like, I don't know what number episode I am I'm in right now, but I know I'm in the two nineties. Nice. But we had a, um, a conversation back in like episode number nine. Yes. Way back. Way back. Okay. And I feel that we had to do this again, one, to get a better audio, like, <laughs> and a video. Right? Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on still going. Thank you. Thank you. And, and just because you are part of this Toronto history, the puzzle pieces that go together that make the scene what it is. True. Okay. I try. Um, you know, from being an artist in the scene to being a journalist in the scene, as well as being that person that anytime you see a show, whether it's one of the biggest shows or something that's super underground, you're going to see this guy in the front row. You know what I'm saying? And not just in the front row, you know, looking bougie, just on his phone. No, like really enjoying the music that's going down. Yo, yo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with no further ado, we have, Mindbender Supreme in the Mother FM building. Yes. Thank you. Mindbender loves you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with Thank my brethren. Thank Friday. you. Yeah, yeah. We love Hip Hop Network. Toronto, a.k.a. everyone in the world, because Toronto hip hop is on top now. Mm-hmm. And mans like this, we go way back. 
This is a fact. Long before the comeback season era and et cetera. So it's it's just a different time. We're so Mm -hmm. happy to be part of it still now. Yes. Yes. And salute to all all the soldiers. And we're going to get to that show. We're going to get to that show where it all came together in a beautiful way this summer. But yeah, we go way back. And yeah, it's just, I just love real hip hop. I love Mm -hmm. dope shit. People are like, yo, you're always at every show. I'm like, I'm at most shows. But if you're whack, I ain't at your show. Uh, <laughs> yo. So you got to be doing something real. You got to be doing something original. Yeah. You got to be on the come up. You got to be you got to be dope. You got to drop a classic. You got to mm-hmm. be repping for the people. That's when I show up. That's yeah. when I when I when when you're when you're a real one, I try to see you at least once. Mm-hmm. Try to shake your hand, try to have a moment with you. Memorize your song, learn your lyrics and yeah. your lessons and make my life better through it because Hip hop raised me, teach mm. me music, black music, just music in general. Raised me, teach me, and guided me. Like, yeah, yo, yo, I, I don't know, especially on some street shit. You know, I want to get into it a bit, but like, it's like, yo, it, it's CNN for the hood, and it's and it's dropping slang and, mm-hmm. and codes, and, and and you know, you know, just word on the street yeah. between the man's them, yo. So it's like. I was listening to, you know, I was, I was in 93, 94, I was learning hella mm. and, and blue and dank, all these Oakland words yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, all right, all right, I fuck with that. I fuck with that. And then, you know, came up off Mob Deep here and done and Kiko mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm, real, mm-hmm. all them East Coast words. Like, all right, all right, I'm listening to the slang. All right, I hear it, you know? Yeah, it kind of brings everybody to geographically together. Straight up, yo. You just be like, all right, what's the man's them dealing with over there, here and there? And the gal them and everybody in between all the all the stories that I ain't told. So that's that's how I listen to him. Yeah, man. So before we even get into it, right? Also for the audience who's watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Make sure to share the video. And salute to our sponsors, Astro Pink. Always keeping me toasty. I'm I'm about to, to curl up something real nice. You know all what right, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to maybe do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that 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 Mindbender is, is smoking nice on this. Make sure to check them out on their Instagram, astro underscore pink, and check out their website, myastropink.com. If you know, you know. Um, but let's get into it, man. Mindbender yes. Supreme. How are you before we even get into any conversations about history and stuff like that? How are you been? How has your year been? How's your mental health? I'm going to be super real today. Um, I'm kind of at a balanced place, but yesterday was a, Heartbreaking roller coaster of a day for real, for real. Mm. Rest in peace, Pat. Stay yes, straight up, and straight up off the top. I woke up yesterday morning. Peace to Shad K. Shad is the one who actually passed on the information that mm. hit me with it first. And uh, and yeah, I had many memories. You know, I, I'm not going to say like I, I was some Scotian who like that grew up with, with, with Pat. But yeah. whenever Pat came here, I would check him. You'd be at the battles. I was I was always at the battles. We yeah. showed up at the battles all the time. And I, I saw multiple battles of him, at least five or six mm-hmm. uh, legendary moments. And we took pictures together, had a few conversations. And enough where I made memories with him. And, you know, we had respect for each other. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it really, really broke my heart to see that tragedy yesterday. So I was really sad. I was crying. It's really, really fucked up. Yeah. Shout out to Nameless and Cats in the Battle Scene. and. Mm-hmm. So we were all just kind of going through a poison pen, ha- disaster. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got memories with all the Battle Cats dudes. And um, 
And uh, yeah, but then that was the morning. And I was like, I really need hip hop family. I really need, mm. I need, I need the community to, we all got to be together for these moments like yes. that. You know, when cats pass away very tragically, sadly, um, especially when it's violently, it's such a heartbreak. I mean, yeah, man. it really, it was hurting me to report on that story when I was doing the news story for it. Like I was doing it and I felt my, I didn't feel the intensity that I usually do my news stories in. I, I just paused a lot. Like it, was, like it was heavy. You know what I'm saying? Very heavy. Man's got kids. And, and, and to be super honest, man, like uh, it just it kicked me in my ass because I just listened to the game song two days ago, the game mm. disc. And I was like, yo, this is fire. And Phenomenal. like I listened to it, but I was doing something else like two or three days ago and i was listening i listened to it I was like yeah word up yeah great work pat's day yeah and i didn't write immediately yo i love this song and that would could have been the last interaction i might have had with him and he might have seen that i was still a fan of his work and i don't think he saw that because the passing happened the next day and so i didn't get to write that so yeah man but i mean so that was really heartbreaking. Thank you so much. And uh, but then in the afternoon, I went over to uh, the the the, the uh, Raekwon store in Regent. Yeah, and got to buck up with Raekwon and uh, see the oh. Bretonam and uh, shout out to Logic and Born King and the Man's Dev. And okay, saw some real heads. So I just missed Nas. I I oh he was there too. Nas slid in real uh, quiet on the low. He was there. And by the time we got in, Nas had already left. So I was mm. a little, but I got to link up with Raekwon. And Ray, they, they hooked us up with some food and it was real dope. But, oh man, I still ain't got my picture with Nas. I got, I got two interviews with Nas. Uh, what? I, did, I got two. Oh, interviews. Now Magazine interviews. I got a Now Magazine interview with Nas. I got a Pound Magazine interview with Nas. Mm. And I've met Nas on the, on the Hip Hop is Dead tour at the warehouse. Okay. Uh, shout out to Famous because this story is great. I'm gonna share a few stories that I've yes, never please. really shared. Man. Yes, please. So it's uh, it's me and Famous. Famous was working at Flow, and and they're like, only one person gets to go in and see Nas. He's only got like two minutes. And Famous looked at me, and I was looking at Famous, and Famous was like, "You go in and meet him. I know you're. I know you're crazy." And I was like. If this was a gladiator match, Brethren, I'm sorry, but I would have to kill you. I would, I would, I would fight to the death. You. I would slap you. Sorry, brother. And I would buck your neck and then I would win and I would go see Nas. So uh, Famous was just like, I know you're a crazy Nas head. I know you love him even a little more than I do. Mm -hmm. Like, peace. You, you take it. So the I was kid, like, thank famous. you, Famous. Like, yeah, I never even told that one. So I think Famous is in Japan now, probably. Thanks, Famous. I'll never forget you for that one. Yeah. So, so I go in and I see Nas. I get to give him a magazine. I get to give him my first mixtape. Mm -hmm. Give him a bag of weed and, and a blunt. Mm -hmm. and I was like, yes, I shook his hand. And, and this one little thing, I walked in a room. Where is he? Where is he? He was just like a quiet child in the corner. It was so mm. weird. He was, it was, whenever you walk into a room, notice you like see the energy of the rapper and you, you like sense it, whatever. Yeah. Nas was, it was so different with Nas. It was so ill. Nas, he was just quiet, chilling there. And this was like, hey, yo, check it out. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. I met you once. It was good. Dapped him up. Cool. 
with me. Like, and this is this is it was written Nas at this point. No, this was uh, Hip Hop is Dead tour. Hip Hop is Dead, two thousand and six. Okay, so, okay, so that many years later, so this is evolved Nas. Evolved, he's yeah, for rich. sure. Rich, he's sure. already been used to being rich, and he was still that like he was humble just, and chill. I will never forget it. I walked in a room and it was so quiet. I'm like, I've never been backstage. Been in mad rappers backstage. I was like, it's never been so quiet. And it's Nas. Yeah. Like, you know, ain't no like underground rapper who have gotten not stage. a bunch of groupies running around. No, it was like two or three other people in the room, and it was mad. Just it was like a it was like a church. <laughs> it was like a temple. Yeah, and Nas was just like this really quiet presence. And uh, I just got to say what up to him. It was real quick. Dapped him, and then mm -hmm. all right, you got to go. And I was like, fuck, I didn't even get a picture with him. So I almost got my picture with Nas yesterday. Shout out to Mastermind. We saw Mastermind. Yeah, Mastermind's up on his Twitter. With his picture of Raekwon and Nas, the yesterday. flashbacks. And I was like, oh god, oh god. I, I got my picture with Ray. I love you, Ray. It's great. Yeah. But, but like, I'm not even in any disrespect. But um, I've interviewed Raekwon before. I've interviewed mm -hmm. like half of Wu, and I, I've I've got maybe like five or six pictures with Raekwon already. Wow. Not to say that I didn't appreciate yesterday's one. It's an honor to be with these cats. Yeah. Every time, but I'm like, I don't have one picture with Nas yet. So I'm still, I'm still looking for it. Dude, you have so many moments where you're next to like all of these different hip hop historians, hip hop legends. You know what I'm saying? I I want to get into the history, but there's a couple things I want to get into. Yeah, for yeah the now, we, right? We go around. Yeah, I, I, won't, I won't drag out all the stories, but that, no, no, no. That, that actually answers how I was today and yesterday. Because like yesterday, it it really brought up my energy after the mm. Patsy stuff to like chill with Raekwon and. You know, yeah. some, he, he was serving rice and peas and, and some some wow. food and then it, so it was really dope. Like, and then we went to the show last night and it was dope. Mm. Even though Buster Rhymes and Method Man weren't there, everybody else was. Yeah, it was a good time. No, it was a dope show. I was there too, man. You yeah, shout out, shout out also to Scratch Bastard and Cadence Weapon and Chad because mm. we were we were chilling and it was really good to see the homies. Yeah, and man. Just and Ason, I saw Ason and Susie there. Ason Eastwood. Ason or um Ason um ODB's son ODB's fourth son mm. yeah yeah so I got yeah he performed that. ODB's parts at the concert last night uh, he did a, oh yeah no the, uh, a young dirty bastard was there okay you're That's talking his about first son his first son okay. ODB's got a fourth son that lives in Canada here and yeah he's <laughs> I, I won't tell yeah but he lives in a greater Toronto area I won't blow up a spot but no, yeah no. they live here. And uh, yeah, so Wu Tang got blood and fam here. Susie from is the very first non Wu Tang member to ever have vocals on a record. Okay, on 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 Rawhide, Run mm. Blood Clot Things. She wow. Was she the the, the West Indian gal on that on that ODB record? Uh huh. She's from here. What? OB, OD, yeah, she's from here, man. On Ra Yo, fam, you know how many times I used to listen to Raw Hyde when that, Raw, first, that was one of my favorite songs on the Ra ODB album. Raw Hyde is sick. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. <gasps> Heart to God. Yo, yo, she from here. She she had a kid with ODB. And wow. yeah, yeah. And his son is here. He's wonderful. Aeson is blood family. I love him. That's, yo, man, we go back. This is why you are important to the scene. Okay, because you contain all these hip hop jewelries and facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, On it's, the table, there's a bunch of things that we're gonna get into because yeah, I've a few things. You're not just like a rapper and somebody who, you know, even now, like you, you do adult films and stuff like that, right? Yeah, true, true. 
you're a hip hop historian. Yeah, man. And I want to congratulate you on the podcast that you have now um, thank you, thank you. with Logic from Stolen from Africa, the, the Reminisce show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great yes. content, very thorough interviews. I've been using them to, for, to use them for research for, for some of my interviews. And I salute you all for doing that. Hey, it's real recognized, real, man. I thank you. Because for some of our interviews, I was researching your stuff too. Okay, word, thank is, you. word is bond. And that's just, just cat. I, I love how you carry on. I love, like, you just, I was happy to be on your show earlier. Mm. But, and we started that up during the pandemic. Uh, we that's were, what I wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. We started up during the pandemic just because I've known Logic like 20 years, man. Yeah. We, go, we go back, you know, hip hop shows, so many things. Mm. And um, yeah, stolen from Africa stuff. And I just, that's just a real one out here. So, yeah. and we were just like, yo, man, you know, we just got to, during the pandemic, we're like, yo, man, we got to speak for the people and just carry on a torch. And just, we see, you know, there's a lot of media that's going down. There's a lot of media. I come from this era. I come from print era. I come from where you had to get your words right. Peace you got- Magazine, the man. Put, put that one up again. Oh, yeah. I- Peace Magazine with Alan Iverson undercover. Jesus Christ. And then, so I'm a, I'm a, you know, if you want to figure out what time in the hip-hop history timeline it is, Shaw Claire, wow. album two. Memoirs of Blake Savage. Yo, not album one, but album two. Album two. Yo, for people, man, you, people got to know this history because Shaw Claire had the first full-page ad in the source. First Canadian, the ice-cold Shaw Claire on the throne. Yeah, I remember. Very first Canadian full-page ad I'm 99% sure of uh, ever. Mm. I'm 99% sure Chocolate had the first one. And so, like, it's just moments like that, man. Yeah. And also, for, like, a little, little hip-hop history, there's uh, all Please. these jewels. I don't know everything, but, you know, I know a few things. This is when Bishop Regante joined the circle very briefly. Mm. <laughs> and if you don't remember, Chocolate is... Um, in the video, Bishop is <laughs> cooking a little barbecue thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just moments. And... The lighted up video. The lighted up video. You know it. You know it. Yes. So yeah, Bishop was down in the circle for a minute, and I went to Trevis with Bishop. Oh <laughs> I'm shit! Bishop. Salute to Bishop. That's yeah, also Bishop alumni is- over here too, and we love hip hop. So yeah, man, Bishop. You know, Bishop, real one out here. You know, yeah. so historian too, we, we, man. We, were, we I uh, we were we were in Trevis in like '97. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Any, anyways, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I, I got off the. the no, no, we, like, because, like, you're a podcaster now, fam, so all of these different things, like, you and I both, things that we've collected, the data that we've collected over ye- over the years has made it where I think it's kind of uh, an easy thing to get into because we can have conversations about hip-hop, we can interview people and, you know, really know their history and get, like, do the, the right research, right? That so, part. Um, with integrity. Yes. Yes. Not not doing no fuckery to just get views or clicks or likes and be like, yo, this is fam. Mm-hmm. This is truth. Mm-hmm. This is, yo, man. Sometimes, you know, we can talk about fucked up shit if we have to, but yeah. like it ain't without we ain't trying to throw no one under the bus or fucking exploit no one, troll, do no bullshit. It's yeah. Like, yo, just gotta talk about real life. Cause that's what hip hop is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. So let's go back. Yeah. Born in Ottawa. Right? No, I'm born here. You're born here. I'm born in Toronto, but moved out to Edmonton at the age of one because my dad was doing some fuckery and my mom mm. took us out there. And it's and it was you, you have a twin brother. You have any sisters? I have a twin brother. 
I actually, I don't talk about this much, but I have two adopted sisters. Interesting. From out in Alberta. Okay. Yeah. So I have two adopted sisters and I have an older brother and a younger brother and my twin brother. Okay. So that's a, that's a big family right there. Yeah. 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 So yep. then you're in Edmonton and it's just you and mom Dukes and the rest of the kids. And the fa- yeah, yeah. The kids. And then my mom remarried and uh, I had my, she remarried and we went to, I went to Jamaica for the first time mm-hmm. for the wedding in 1986. And then that's when my little brother was conceived. So okay. came back there. He was born in Edmonton. Shout out to him. He's the best dude in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and then we moved back to Toronto in 1991 for okay. grade eight. And I lived, uh, we lived up in North York, Bayview Mall, Shepherd and, uh, Shepherd and Bayview. Okay. So that moving around, what did that do? Did that make it hard to like collect friends? from place to place because you got to, you know, all of a sudden it's time to go again. Fredrin, you nailed something that I don't talk about much, but like, that's the reason why the place where I'm at now, I've stayed for 10 years, downtown Toronto. And mm. like in my Toronto spots, when I, after I was 21 in Toronto, I've only lived in like four different locations because I moved out of my house and was like, I want to stay somewhere for five years. Yeah. I want to stay somewhere for 10 years. Like, yo, like I want to know a neighborhood. I don't mm. want to be like, this is my hood, this is, you know? My spot, I know every crack in a crevice. I know who's doing what. Mm-hmm. The crackheads and the rich people, whatever, whatever. Because when I was young, yeah, in Edmonton, we moved around every year. In Edmonton? In Edmonton, where wow. we moved around every year. And when we moved back, we moved around every year. I only stayed in Toronto for one year for grade eight. Mm-hmm. And then we moved up to Ottawa. That's when I went to Ottawa. Okay. For grade nine. So great. I did all of high school in Ottawa. Okay. And we, and even in Ottawa, I was in a West end of Ottawa in, in the Pian, mm-hmm. Merivale road. And that's where I met my first dude who showed me my first sampler. Mm-hmm. We recorded my, I recorded my, I had my first show in whole Quebec at a club called the Thunderdome. Mm. Head to her in, in Ottawa, know the Thunderdome. It was wild. KRS-One came there with Supernatural. First time I saw KRS-One. Wow. There was a lot of, a lot of ill, ill shows there. So, but we also moved around every year in Ottawa for the mm-hmm. five years I did high school. Okay. And then mad real, like one of the realest moments of my life is actually, uh, I don't even talk about this much, but there was also some of my brethren who got caught up in a murder case, mm-hmm. a famous murder case that was recorded by McLean's. McLean's even talked about it. They were national. They were on the run across the country. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. They killed a crackhead. And uh, some other real fucked up shit happened in an apartment that I was in before it happened. Mm-hmm. And it was that crime shit went down with some homies in uh, in the ACE crew. And um, those were my brethren. And um, but they took a little turn for the darker. And I was like. We were like rapping and then some of them were like, yeah, you know, maybe we're getting a little crime, sell some coke and guns. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I'd rather just sell weed. So they went real dark, ended mm-hmm. up killing a crackhead and stuff. and. Um, and then that summer, we spent the summer there, and I was like, spent two months in Ottawa, and I was like, I can't stay here. This place is <laughs> whack as fuck. I'm like 18 years old. I'm like, yo, we were, we we're just starting to rhyme. It's like 95, 96. Yeah. I had my, I, I was coming back and forth. I had Bredrin here, um, Alan Shepard, and I had my first, first demo in 94. I got it played on CKLN. By DJ X. Wow. So I w- we were coming back and forth. I had Bredrin in Toronto. We were sending me mixtapes of the power move. Mm-hmm. Bredrin was like, 
had uh, It Ain't Hard to Tell on the phone and called it and put it on my answering machine. Like, yo, this is off the radio. This is not it's off Illmatic 94. Mm. Like, so I had a Toronto Audible connection even when I was up there. Yeah. And I got my I got my first song played on the radio on, on DJ X. And it said motherfucker on the very last word of the song. Mm. So DJ X, as soon as it was done, I don't I, like I told X about this. He says he kind of doesn't remember, but like, I'm like, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and X was like, I ain't never playing Mindbender on this before. He cussing on the radio. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and little me is like, oh shit. TJX, like, he hates me from my first song. Yeah, end so, of the world, basically. No, it was hard crushing. It brought me down. <laughs> so I was like, all right, now. But like, I like to end off some songs with motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so it was cool. And um, we were going back and forth. But then summer 96, I was like, spent the summer in Ottawa. Some friends are getting caught up in some crime that mm-hmm. was, had no future. And, and then I just spent uh, two months there and I was like, this place is fucking whack. I got to get the fuck out. Yeah. So then I came here for music college mm-hmm. and I've been here ever since. I came yeah. back to Toronto. I'm like, yo, this is my hometown city. I've been jumping around Canada, but I'm back. And ever since then, it's just been in hip hop. That was like 90, 96. 96. And boom. Just to now, just collecting history, mm-hmm. studying, watching, rhyming, performing, loving, supporting. Yeah. And even like <laughs> while like you started getting into over here, like all your siblings moved here with you? No, only me and my brother came back. Okay. Um, bo- most of my family is still <coughs> out in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. They're still there now. They, they like, you know, only me and my brother... Uh, decided to pursue music. Yeah, you guys had a group together at one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, no? we, we, yeah, we, yeah. Supreme Being Unit still goes yeah, down. Yeah, like I, because I, I remember I when I first used to see you guys, and this is like back then. Yeah. Okay, when I first moved to the city, like '97, even before when I was like visiting the city and doing my thing out here in '96 and '95. Yeah. You guys were moving around, and like I used to pop up at the radio stations and stuff. I remember I used to see two of you guys as a, as a team, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So can you can you talk about those times as the supreme beings? Oh man, supreme being unit was good. Yeah, yeah, we were. Shout out to all the. There's only a few twins in hip hop. There's like twin hype and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's AO duo now, but they used to be called um, what A likes. No, they used to be called A A A team or A game. Oh, A game. That's right. That's right. A game. That's right. Yeah, they're Sorry, called AO duo about. now. Yeah. Oh, that's what they go by. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 Them. And yeah, I mean, those are the Canadian ones. There's like one or two. Um, but yeah, Supreme Being It is dope. We, d- we did an album. We did our first album in Ottawa. And then we did, yeah, we, we dropped probably five or six, five albums. And then like two or three EPs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my brother is, is an amazing cat. Conspiracy. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, he went through some real, real, real dark shit. He did. He, yeah, he went through some real dark shit. Shout out to every single person that asked me about him. Usually when I see cats. Mm-hmm. Like, I see, we'll get there, but I see infinite random times here and there. He'll ask me about my brother. Mm-hmm. I just see cats in the street. Um, Jellystone will ask about my brother. Yeah. And it's just real heads. Like, because he, he, he floated around. He, um, there was a... I don't think I've ever talked about this on a podcast, but he, in his worst times, maybe seven or eight years ago, I'm walking down the street. It's summer, and I'm I'm going by the pickle barrel in at Young and 
Dundas Young there, Dundas and there. I look up on a TV. CP24 is on, and it's my brother's mugshot. Whoa. And it says, Harry Stewart uh, arrested, uh, carrying a weapon. Uh -huh. And like, I was like, phone starts blowing up. People like, well, I, they're like, am I seeing, is that you on CP24? They're, they're thinking it's you. Yeah, because not everybody knows I had a twin brother. Right. Because he came here a few years after me. Mm -hmm. He didn't go to Trevis. Our OSAP got fucked up, so I, I stayed here, and then he went back and moved to Vancouver, came all around. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he had a rough life story. And, and, and not to interrupt you. Yeah, no, so go for it. Make sure to hold that thought. There was times back in the days when he first started, like, straying on his path where because you guys are twins, I would be like, I didn't know sometimes yep. if it was you or him, right? Lots of people. That's so many people have that. They're like, ah. Some people are like, yo, I saw you, Addy, but yes, you, you, uh, you, were, you weren't so happy. You know, like, my brother carries some dark stories and dark mm. energy with him sometimes because he's had a very rough life at some point. Mm. And he's basically the strongest individual I know. He's gone through so much homelessness, drug addiction, mental health issues, all the stuff. And he's still with us here today. And it's mm. a blessing. And, you know, he's still working through some stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yes, at that time, Supreme Being Unit, we did some shows mm -hmm. and dropped some albums and made a little history. You know, they, they were picking our album up in Florida and Japan. And it, this was like 96, 97. Mm -hmm. No internet. No, like, shout out to a cat named Quiz from Ottawa who moved to Vancouver and he started our first website. Mm. So, and then he got us linked up to the roots for a minute. And my... Wow. My brother was trying to link with the roots and long story short, this is a wild story. And not everybody knows this except if you're a hardcore head. Mm -hmm. My brother ended up, my brother was going at the roots so hard. I remember that. He was going at the roots so hard. Oh, you, you know about this? Oh I my God. I remember yeah. that. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, man. I mean, I just want, I'm at the point where I really got to tell stories because you just never know. Mm -hmm. So this is all love and respect now, but like, my brother was chosen as Stalker of the Year on the Roots OK Player website yes. in 1999. Yes. Um, he had Quest Love heated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quest Love and Black Thought were not happy. Yo, so they called my mom's house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> called my, I don't, this story doesn't get told much. So this is, this is just, we just. Please tell this story. <laughs> so. I, was, I fucking hated The Roots that year, man. Mm. Well, fun side fact, I've, The Roots is the group I've seen the most in my life. I've seen them 21 times. One of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. One of the best hip-hop experiences you can have, for sure. Mm. We, and I got, I've, I've got a couple of Questlove drumsticks. Um, I've got, you know, very positive and very negative experiences with The Roots. Mm. And so in 1999, I was not happy with them. They had the audio on the website. Mm-hmm. They're, my brother was blowing this shit up so much. He, he got the number and he was calling them in, in San Fran and uh, I'm not San Fran, Philadelphia. And uh, eventually they called my mom's house back, which is where my brother was staying. Mm -hmm. And my mom, like I heard the audio of it. My mom picks up the phone and they're like, hello, is conspiracy there? <laughs> and my mom's like, uh, okay, yeah. She knows this for her son. Mm -hmm. Passed the phone to my brother. And they're like, hello, is this conspiracy? It's like, yeah. They're like, congratulations, conspiracy. You have been chosen for the 1999 Stalker of the Year on the OK Player website. 
<laughs> and they had either Rozelle or the other, who else do the, the vocal? Scratch. Scratch. One of the two was doing like cheering noises. It would have been Rozelle at that point. Yeah, it was Ra- and and it was Rozelle, Questlove, and Black Thought, as far as I know. Just clowning my brother on on like a, a prank call, calling him back. Mm. And like it was, you know, my brother probably was going a little too far, blowing this shit up too much. But like at the same time, like maybe that was like they just clowned him and yeah, it was like he was a really kind of innocent and he didn't know better at the time because there was no business people to help. There was, we didn't have no manager. We were just trying to get on. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so I was vexed at the, <laughs> the roots for that. And I'm going to add a story I don't tell much. I'll try to keep it quick. But the very first time in my life, I grew up with a very, very proper Jamaican mother. Mm-hmm. Never, my mom mother never heard me swear until I was about twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> she never listened to your music then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, mom, don't listen to our shit. Come on, our our stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I never, I never like ne- like some of these things you see the kids be like, "How dare you do that to your parents? What the fuck? Who raised you?" Yeah, my grandmother, God bless her soul, never heard me swear. Never did no fuckery around my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Never. I saw we whatever whatever having sex, whatever, whatever. The very first human being to actually disrespect me on a major level in my life was Black Thought. Wow. I was, we recorded our first album, 1996. I have a cassette of it. Just got it mastered. Black Thought, uh, The Roots, Socrates, and Raskas performing at the Opera House. Probably the very first Roots show I saw Mm -hmm. out of the 21. Show ends. Black Thought's walking around. I'm hanging around with my tape. I've got stars in my eyes. I'm like, yo, yo, I got my tape. Going to hand it to a rapper. Do the thing. You know, yeah. hand your rapper the, the demo and you're like, you're on. Hopefully, yeah. you're like, this is all you got to do. You just hook him up. And then, uh, man, this is burned into my brain. Black Thought's wearing this white and black fur coat. Got diamonds and sparkling black glasses. And I was like, oh, shit, man. He's looking ill. Just the, the what we do checks came in. Yes, exactly. Yo, he's like, yo, man, for real, got that. Black Thought's looking all right. So I got my cassette and he's standing on stage. I, I'm at the opera house. Mm-hmm. Walk up to him and I'm like, yo, Black Thought, what up? I'm like, my name is Mindbender. I'm from Supreme Being Unit. Here's my tape. And I hand him my tape. This. And I swear to God. Takes the tape in his hand, looks at it, barely even moves his head to even acknowledge me. Turns, walks away. No thank you, no hello, no I appreciate that mind bender. Not even I'm gonna take this shit and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Like 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 literally just like the in my I was like seventeen and I had like. I was nice to everybody. I've always been nice. And, and this is pre your brother having any issues with him. And oh, all yeah, that yeah, too. yeah. This is, this is our very first album. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, my brother wasn't there. It was just me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, like, I'm just saying, because there's oh, no yeah, context yeah, no, for was, that neither. It was before the stalker of the year thing. For, for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, my, my brother hasn't seen The Roots as, times, as, many, as many times as me. Mm-hmm. So I like I handed my tape and literally it was the first time someone ever punked me off. That's like, crazy. I'm not going to talk to you or whatever and just like, 
And I'm literally standing there on the stage at the opera house. I'm like, are people allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've never been so disrespected by a human. That, and it was mm. a part like Black Thought is literally the first person in my life to say, you ain't even worth a word. Wow. Away, so <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I, I got like random weird stories. I don't even ever think I told that story in public. No, but like, that's, 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 that's I've, I've, I've had funny moments with Black Thought. We've, we've laughed a couple of times, but that was in 96. And I was like, yo, bro, you're fucking whack for that. I mean, of course, people are getting handed demos all the time and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. But I get tons of shit that I've never listened to. Yeah. I'll at least be like, yo, thanks. I yeah. appreciate it. Keep rapping or something. Yeah. Something. Wow. Anyways. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to do a, a journalist or a, a, a interviewer faux pas. I'm going to give you a story about me and Black Thought actually quick fast. Give me that. I actually sold weed to Black Thought two times. <laughs> <laughs> right when they first came out of Montreal, we share that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so tell first, me that. Tell me that. First time was just like a quick twenty bag, and they were. I think they came down. <laughs> well, when they first came down, we were buying the tickets in front of a place called Fufun Electric on uh, in Montreal on Saint on Saint Laurent Street. Right, <laughs> we're buying the tickets, and these guys are coming off the tour bus at the same time. Him and the keyboard player, right, Kamal, and. They're like, yo, they look at us. We're looking at them. They're like, yo, this place looks like West Philly, yo. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I got the weed, right? <laughs> he says, okay, link up with me after the show, right? So I watched the whole show. And then when the show was done, there was no actual stage. It was in a kind of area in that place called the Savoy, which was like a more intimate, intimate area, All right. right? So I was able to cut my way through the crowd to where they were leaving out of the, out of the room. Right. And Black Thought seen me right there where the border was, where the security was knocking him off. And he was like, him, 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 him. Yes. Right? Yeah, so I go backstage with these guys now. <laughs> yeah, very good, that guy. <laughs> he wants to buy a hundred bag. So I was like, oh, it's lit. I'm making some good money today. <laughs> yeah, really? He, he, For I'm here chilling backstage with Rozelle, all these guys. I asked Rozelle the wildest question. I'm like, fam, that song there with all the beatbox, did you do that all in one take or did you put layers in the studio? He was like, oh, that's all in one take. Cap. But anyhow, Black Thought comes out now. He has like a bunch of different sets of $100 units, like stacks, all like individually stacked into like that on his chest. Okay. And he just flips me one of the $100 stacks off the top. And he's like, yo, where's that weed at? Right. Sold him the weed. And I got the fuck out of Dodge, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, proper. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just a little... Just a little quick, you know, we share something with Black Thought. You yo, know what I'm saying? We, Salute yo, to Tariq. Yo, you know yo, what I'm saying? Yo, I love that. I love you. are a real one. And <laughs> yo. I, I just want to add rappers. to that a little. <laughs> I sold a quarter. and um, I sold an eighth mm-hmm. to Sean P. 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 R.I.P. to Sean P. R.I.P. to Sean P. Tell yeah. me about that experience. Because I have so many that I'll, I'll share for one day when I do an interview. Yep. Of my selling weed to rappers and making networking through that. <laughs> yeah, I Because there's it. a bunch of those. I have probably a dozen of those. Yes. But please tell me the Sean P interaction. That's it. That's it. Like, I, I, I want to share that. Um, he's doing a show at the Phoenix. Uh-huh. And uh, I was, there was a promoter in the city I have respect for. And uh, the promoter's assistant had asked them to provide weed for rappers when they came to town. Mm-hmm. So I was that guy for a minute. And uh, yeah, it was real dope. Um, 
it was really hard to get shit into the Phoenix, if anybody knows. They do a serious pat down. Yes, they do. So they were like, yo, a slide through at six o'clock and you're good. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, they're in the evening, nobody's there. And I'm in the bathroom and uh, yeah, Sean P comes in. And I was, I was a little nervous because there was a couple stories about Sean P. Yeah. yeah. You know, if he wouldn't like you, you might catch a fist or mm -hmm. you know, he might just rob you or whatever, whatever. So I was just, I just carried myself properly. It was like, yeah, Bertrand, I'm cool. You know, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to hook you up. Yeah. And um, yeah, man. And, and he was just, he was mad. He bust a couple jokes and he's like, all right, you got that weed? You got that weed? Mm -hmm. Yeah, bro, I got you. I got you, man. I'm going to throw in some extra. Like, right, good look, good look. And uh, just gave him a big stash of weed. And then, yeah, he gave me like 30 bucks. I'm like, oh, that's good. I probably gave him like 75 bucks worth of weed. It's like, oh, he's American bills. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, good looking out. Give me a daps. And uh, he's like, Let's be out. <laughs> like, did it real quick. And I'm like, successful Sean Weed, Sean P. Weed interaction. Mm -hmm. Man's gave me money. And like, you know, I didn't get a box in my face. Yeah. yeah you didn't, didn't slide get... a demo? No, no, no. I, I was like, yeah, I, 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 every, you know, that's, I'm glad. And that's really a thing. Of it. That's a yeah, thing. For some reason, I, not that time. Yeah. Because, and I, and I say that to say, and, um, I have so many questions here. Yeah, but yeah. We're going. Yeah, we're getting I'm, into I'm so many sick zones. I just no, yeah, man. Just, yeah. I, listen, we podding over here, okay? I got enough camera energy and fucking production out here that we, if we wanted to, we can go to, for four hours. We won't. Oh, well, but yeah, we won't go. go. We, we could. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Could. All right, all right, we, we produce over here at the We Love Hip Hop all Network. All right, all right, but, yeah, yo, I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, I want to give you exclusives. You are yes, a real please. one out here, so I'm giving you a few stories. Yeah, I've never told in my life for sure. Wow, thank you. There's reasons for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell everything, everything, because, like, yeah. You need to write a book. You know this, right? I'm working on a book, for sure. Okay. I, I promise. I promise. And, like, I can't get into everything because mm -hmm. there's certain things I don't want to, before it's time. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yo, I'm, 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 we're, I'm going in and I'm telling stories. I'm sharing pictures. And, like, between now and the 50th anniversary of Hip Hop next summer, mm -hmm. I'm dropping jewels. Like, Mindbender season is on. So Supreme. Right but yeah, yeah, go on. So, okay. Now, with the weed, um, like, you know, because this is all past the stat. This is like fucking more than a decade ago. But like, when we were both out there meeting different people because like promoters would holler at us and say, yo, we need some weed, right? Yep. That was also a gateway to be like, here's my demo. True. How many people, or give me an interaction of somebody who you were like, yo, I'm going to meet, I'm going to get to meet this guy and I have to give him my demo. Um, <laughs> that's a great question, man. Like, <coughs> uh, okay, there was, let's see. Or a mixtape at that point because it started evolving from demos to mixtapes. Okay, yeah, man. This one I never told. Get Rich or Die Trying. Ooh, Fafty. Yes. Brother Curtis Jackson. Mm. <coughs> Up. <laughs> you know the housing spots them up at Bloor, at Sherborne there. Yeah. <coughs> so, like, where the halfway houses and shit around there. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. So, I was like there. I mean, I've had some lady friends there. I don't know if I was. Oh no no no. Okay, I live on Jarvis, mm -hmm. and uh, I've I've seen Fifty Cent. Uh, probably three or four times in various little spots around the city. Interesting. When he was doing um, Get Rich or Die Trying. There mm. was a scene that was shot in the Rivoli. I saw it there when it was blocked off. Um, 
I worked at a food bank mm-hmm. and there's a restaurant scene where they use the restaurant beside the food bank that yeah. I worked at. So I went to work and I'm just working at a food bank and literally 50 Cent's movie is next door to us. Wow. And then I, 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 this is something I've never told publicly. So I'm, I'm going on my break because like we're just moving food. I'm just working for the, the city, just helping out, mm-hmm. helping out the community. So I'm on my break and I'm just listening to some hip, headphone hip hop. And then I look up, there's all these movie, all these movie people. And then 50 Cent is standing there and he's listening to something in his headphones. Mm. So we see each other and just give just a nod. Yeah. Because we both look around and we're like the only two people wearing headphones. And we, I, I was like, yeah, I mean, my head's not. I'm like, of course I'm listening to hip hop. I'm a fucking black dude. Right. But like, I'm just, you know, I had. And like I just took and I literally we just had the nod. I'm like, yeah, I see 50 over there listening to some shit word up. So that happened. And uh, so I knew he, he was doing the movie. And um somebody was like, yo, he, they're shooting a scene right up here, right, right at Bloor. And uh I was like, fuck that. I'm going up. Mm. So I had I had a mixtape, No More Mr. Nice Guy Volume One. Okay. And I jumped on all the hot beats. Right, I jumped on Takeover. I jumped on Back Down. Mm. Um, but I also jumped. I had a remake of Memory Lane, Nas, okay. and uh, it was like Rascast. I jumped on Shine, Bad Boys, uh, all these like hot beats from that time. But like, I had to when I was like, "Yo, fifties there." I had to burn a new copy of my mixtape. <laughs> And remove the Nas song off. What? Yeah, man. I did that for only 50 cents. Because they were beefing at the time? Because they were beefing at the time. Oh, my God. I was like, fuck. I'm like, I'm like, I got to get my music to this cat. But I don't want to. I'm like, I'm rapping on one of your beats. I do this ill version of Back Down. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I don't want. You're like, I can't give him the shit where I'm like rapping on. Opportunity over. Yeah. So he's like, (laughs) he likes Nas too? Like, it's 50, man. Fuck this guy. (laughs) You can't like. That's crazy. Don't fuck with Nas. So I like made him a special version of the mixtape. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I gotta do this quick. So I burn it real quick, get one ready, bust my way up, Sherborne. And uh, and then there's like, I see a couple cameras, I see the movie set, and I see uh like a white, I'm like the same whip in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like either a white Mercedes or a white BMW. I think it's a white four-door BMW. Okay. And um to see it there and I'm like oh shit this is like midnight there's like it's dark and there's only street light so it's mm. like and I'm like okay it's looking around car pulls up whatever whatever it's a wrap um it's a cut scene just finished finishes and I'll never forget this this was like so much like a movie I I'm like yo this is uh, like like with rappers and whatever, everything moves so fast yeah. and whatever, they come and they're gone, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, so 50 gets out of the car and I'm like, there he is, 50 cent. And mm-hmm. I like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't see anybody except me and 50. That's crazy. It was so weird. There was one moment where I'm like, it's just me and 50. This is great. So in my brain, I'm like, I could get to talk to him for a bit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, there was literally the time that's taken one second and be like, huh. and like, it's dark. I don't see no, but like, and the darkness, I didn't realize had a part to do with what happened next. 
I'm like, ah, it's quiet. It's like 1230. I'm like, am I going to get a chance to like chop it up with 50 for like half an hour or something? <laughs> like, what's going on here? It's quiet and there's no one around. Yeah. So I walk over and I'm like, I shook his hand. I'm like, like with one hand, I'm like, hey, what up? What up, 50? I'm my opinion. He's like, cool. And with my other hand, I hand him the CD. Mm-hmm. And, and in my brain, I'm like, okay, what do I say next? And I have one moment with 50. It's me and him alone. And I turn around. And there's like 50 people around me. Whoa. Out of nowhere. Just all these people. And like, I'm like swarm. So I give him my CD first. And, and then he takes it. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was just a mob. And I'm like, oh, I don't get a chance to talk to 50 no more. Everybody noticed that he was there at the same yeah, time. I, eh? I don't even know where everyone showed up from. People coming out of the fucking out of the coming out of the shadows and they're like yo i just like there was one moment i had alone with him and literally my brain registered it and then Mm. the next moment it was mom and i was like nope it's over and then and then he's like i gotta go gotta go and then like he like i was like fuck i don't even know and then he was like out out of there so you know what's crazy about that these are times when these people um these super high a-list celebrities right now we're at their their beginnings and stuff like that yep. you know what i'm saying so they were way more accessible way more you know what i'm saying like the fact that you can be on a street and just see 50 just like that without a million security around him police all over the place that's like because he's like i'm in canada i don't need to deal with that type of shit you're never going to see that again never again Mans are way too rich for that I was like, it was like, it was his first movie that they kind of, you know, whatever. They're like, all right, is this guy, this guy isn't a superstar yet. Yeah, it helped to blow him up. Exactly. It helped to blow him up. So it was, I was, I see at least three or four different sets around and I could, I have access to the sets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, extras and random people are, are checking it out. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I got to shake his hand and walk up to him for one moment. Mm-hmm. Nobody stopped me. It's just like right place, right time. Yeah. But the, that time will never happen again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. He And the thing is in that, you know, what I'm saying all this to say also is like, I never got to have a conversation with him, mm-hmm. but like I shook his hand and I saw him once and like, he was cool in that moment. So yeah. He, like he was, rec- and like, that's when I was like, he received my music mm-hmm. <laughs> at least gave me like a moment of, like I have in my brain. And that's why I say, like the the the, uh, the lamps, it was dark. It was like twelve thirty, and mm-hmm. it was only street light. So it was like it was like a bit of like a drug deal. I'm like, yo, I, like I hand I hand fifty in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> like that's in my brain, and yeah. I looked him in his eyes, and he looked like, like he received it, like he was like word up, and we mm. had that exchange. Yeah, and so like I'm like, yo, at least he like took my music like a man. And he like didn't punk me off because it's like, come on, all of us musicians were somebody trying to get noticed by He's somebody. Been there. Yeah, man. Like, you don't, I'm like, you don't, I'm not, you don't have to tell me you're going to like it. You don't have to tell me you're going to sign me. You don't have to do nothing. But at least give the fans a moment of, all right, I got you. Yeah, I'm going to take this with me. Maybe I might listen to it later. Yeah, I see enough of these cats, like, sometimes in hotel rooms and shit. You see other cats shit in a garbage bin. I've Mm. seen that. And I'm like, oh, word. (laughs) It's cold. Yeah. Um, You started transitioning into the more media side of things getting into journalism and stuff. Yep. Writing for mag, um, magazines like Pound and um, Now Magazine and stuff like that. 
How did that even come to par? I'm glad you asked that because I was just frustrated with, you know, I started doing that late 90s, early 2000s because I was frustrated with the media just not understanding hip-hop properly. You know, you just read magazines and it's some dickhead journalist who, like, is asking corny questions, not asking the right questions, Mm -hmm. like didn't really listen to the music or just like misunderstanding the culture, mm-hmm. misunderstanding the reason. I'm like, yo, I ain't no fucking street motherfucker, but I get it. I, my family's got some street shit. Like I had an uncle that was murdered in a reggae jam up on Eglinton. And, and when I was 1979, that was one of the reasons my mom didn't want us to go into music. Like some real shit goes down. Like I've had friends, like I was saying, my, my childhood friends. Yeah. In jail for fucking murder, murder and sexual assault and all kinds of wild shit, like sexual assault with a fucked up weapon and shit. Like really like I know people, one of my homies was murdered in Edmonton, childhood friend murdered and stabbed in the heart, put in the back of a car and Mm. they lit the car on fire. Like, yo, whatever. But I listen to like, I love these people. I listen to hip hop. So it's like. So that shit don't happen to me. Mm. And so we can all live and learn. Like, you know, each one teach one. Like, what yep. the fuck? You listen to lyrics? You listen to Beanie Siegel? Like, mother- like, do you really listen? Like, did you listen to Ice-T when he was like, yo. Yeah, Onyx. <laughs> all these cats. Like, yo, like they're dropping jewels and less mob deep. Like, yo, Wu-Tang. Like, the real the shit that makes Wu-Tang real is because, like, sometimes they get fucked up too. Mm-hmm. Mob deep, yo, their boy gets shot on it. It's not like. This is one the one reason why I really don't like Rick Ross. I'm like, yo, Rick, your voice is fantastic. Your choice in beats is fantastic. You never talk about loss. You never talk about suffering. You mm. never talk like, and that's why I don't believe your shit. That's why you're on some like, yo, you some fake CO shit. I'm like, I'm not really dissing you for being a fucking having a job in the community, but like, real street motherfuckers know like we get stabbed and shot too. Anybody could get it. Yeah, nobody's invincible. It's not all that, W's. It's not all W's. That's why mm. Prodigy is one of the realest motherfuckers out there. Yeah. Prodigy's like, yo, Prodigy says that on the album. Yo, I, I ain't the biggest motherfucker. It's all about who gave who first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I spread love and peace and all that shit. But, like, my heroes are Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, mm. who were both very peaceful men but get shot dead. Yeah. They're violent deaths. So it's like, yo, I'm trying to be peaceful. But I'm just saying all that to say, like, in every way, when I saw journalism, I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm like, I got to start talking to these motherfuckers. Yeah. I want to fucking do this shit. So, so shout out to Pound. I mean, the very, now magazine gave me my first shit mm-hmm. and they fucked me over in some ill ways too. Ooh. And, uh, when, when we talk about the Drake story, you make sure to bring up now magazine again. So, um, but that being said, there was a moment at the beginning of Pound magazine where they were like, we got three three cats for you to interview. Mm-hmm. Nas, Jay-Z, or Cool G Rap. Mm. And this was like 2001. Great choices, by the way. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is fucking fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I was like, at the time, I was like, I mean, I was more, I, I mean, I, I love them both, but mm-hmm. I'm like, Nas beat Jay-Z dead. Ether over, <laughs> ether over super ugly all day. <laughs> you know, takeover is amazing, but like, Nas fucking won that shit. That's me. Mm-hmm. And like at the time, I was like, I want to interview Nas. And uh, you know, they're like, 
they get back to me, they're like, eh, you're just coming up, man. We're going to give you cool giraffe. So, you know, at the time, I, I, it was, I'm like, I'm honored to talk to Kua Chirac. Yeah. So that sure. was one of my early interviews. And, you know, I like, that's the thing. You just, you know, you just got to pay your dues or whatever. But I was, I was, Pound Magazine blessed me enough to be like, yo, you're just coming up, but you get to interview Kua Chirac. Yeah. So in 2001, I had this, I talked to Kua Chirac for, I think, like maybe an hour and a half, bro. Wow. A long ass interview. It was very long. Um, I gotta like this is I gotta be putting out mad shit, but um, definitely when I get my collection of interviews and stuff together, the cool G rap one is gonna be in it. Yeah, cause I I and before you continue, I just want to know if you have the transcripts or at least some kind of like I, I have documentations. I have virtually everything that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to collect it all. It's not all as organized organizers need to be. Mm-hmm. I have my first piece of paper that I wrote my first rap on in 1989. Mm-hmm. I have my I have my first concert stub Public Enemy in Hamilton in Fear of a Black Planet 1990. Wow. I I I, I have I ha- like I got a lot I I really haven't lost that much over the years. Yeah. And like I'm saying all this to say like God forbid I also put this shit out here cuz you never fucking know in this world. But if anything were ever fucking happen to me and I I I, I get fucked up before I get to show all my story and tell my story. My household is basically like a contribution to the Canadian hip hop museum. Mm. I got crazy stuff there. I'm just putting it out there. This is one record. You a homie. I want like you to know. Okay. Just cats to know like, yo, if anything were to happen and I don't get to finish telling my story and showing all my jewels and shit, go in my house, fucking spread that shit to the world. Well, listen, so. you'll be here. So you, you, you'll be able to, to, tell your full story as, as we're doing here. That's right? exactly it. I'm, I'm in like, I'm, I'm working on some new shit now. Mm-hmm. I won't say too much, but, um, so get, um, but so yeah, back to the journalism. And, uh, and pound magazine. So you yeah. started working for pound pound. Yeah. And, right? um, <clears throat> I've written for probably about nine or 10 magazines, maybe 11 mm-hmm. now pound. There was a magazine in Montreal called mob. Okay. They hooked me up with a TI interview, which was nice. dope. I, I got to chill with TI for an hour and, like around like my favorite era of Ti, the King album. Nice, um, best album. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. I got to chill with a hotel with him, me and him. He's smoking a blunt. Mm-hmm. Ti is really, really small. It's like the top of his head is here. Wow. <laughs> like he's a very petite guy, mm-hmm. and you're just like, wow. <laughs> you're like all of that fire and gun talk come out for that little dude. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah, it'd be but surprising. He's a real one. He's a real one. Yeah. A real one. yeah. No, when you just when you see the energy and the reality of the and it's like, wow, all right, all right. So, I mean, Mob Ma- Ma- was a cool, they didn't last too long, but they were cool. MOB Mag. Um, I wrote for a couple online magazines, Phil of Flavor. Um, uh, yeah, lots of shit, man. Also, journalism is weird, man. They'll like love you one week and then fuck you up the next week. Um, um, I got to write for, you know, to be honest, I don't even ever think I said this out in public anywhere, but. I stopped taking journalism kind of seriously with all due respect and love, but I got to write one. I got to get to my pinnacle. I got to write a concert review for double XL. Okay. So once I got to write for double XL and I love double XL, I literally have probably the first 120 issues. Well, wow. I got, I got, I got fucking hundreds of source issues. I got, 
We got Maddish, Rap Pages, Ego Trip, Elemental, Match It, 4080, Felon, like Feds. I got crazy magazine history. But like one of my dreams, you know, as a rapper, you want to get signed to Def Jam or, or fucking Rockefeller or whatever. Yeah. As a journalist, you would want to write for The Source or Double XL or one of the great magazines. So one time I got an opportunity to, to write for Double XL. I was very happy about. It was a uh, concert in Niagara Falls. It was dope. They paid for me to get out to Niagara Falls. It was just over the border. It was a <laughs> Little Mama, Jewel Santana, which was dope. Wow. Both opening up for Soldier Boy. What? Dog, this is a memory in my life. <laughs> this shit That's went crazy. down. It was crazy. It was. It was one of the weirdest shows ever. It was in this long, tall stadium, and most of the people in there were mad young because mm. most of them were there for, to see Soldier Boy. Yeah, of course. And it was a time, but it, like Jewel Santana's opening for it, and but I'm like, oh, Jewel's is dope, man. And I'm like, mm. Dipset, oh, fire. So, and there was one other person that was uh, kind of pretty famous, but I can't remember, but it was at least those three people. And, uh, so <laughs> fucking when Soldier Boy comes on, bro, all the lights go out. Mm-hmm. Mad people pull out all this glow in the dark shit. <laughs> and Soldier Boy town. Mad dances and yeah. colors and everybody, mad kids is loud and crazy. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This <laughs> shit was crazy. I'm like, this is wild. I'm like, this is nuts. Mm. <laughs> it was wild. Soldier Boy is a motherfucking ringleader. He's a fucking pipe pipe. It was, I'm like, this is dangerous. It's, yeah. Everything was, it was all choreographed. Cult like. <laughs> it was mad cult like. I'm like, this is, I was like, this is a different, this is another, another generation. Here we go. Yeah. I'm like, this ain't, it wasn't like, there was, all the words were like, I'm like, Jewel Santana just rapped. Like, Jewel's is an ill lyricist. This mm. is like Dipset. I'm like, this is rapping, rapping. Yeah. But like, Soldier Boy, it wasn't rapping. It was like chanting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, telling you what to do. And the next thing, then you do this. And you do, and I'm, yeah. like, this is, I'm like, this is fucking hypnosis. <laughs> and it, it was it was like peak Soldier Boy time. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so I was like, wow. So I wrote this review. <clears throat> and then when it came out, I think. 20 to 25 percent of what i wrote was in there and it was the most i had ever been rewritten and edited and chopped up i was like i was like this don't feel good these aren't my words these aren't my thoughts this wasn't my experience i'm mad disappointed that Mm. that like double x like it was i was like man i was really disappointed so that really took a big chunk out of my drive to really try to ever become like an Elliot Wilson or like a, or some kind of like legendary journalist head. So I can still write and I still do write here and there. And I still believe I wrote the illest thing on Kanye West that's ever been written in the history of Kanye Westisms. I wrote a concert review mm-hmm. of Kanye West. This is out. If people go check this, I want motherfuckers to know, and I want one day Kanye to fucking see this, especially now. Okay. But I wrote a Kanye West concert review of the Yeezus concert when he had the mountain 
and the red demon eyes. It was one of the most epic. Con- I've seen the glow in the dark tour. I saw when I saw Kanye open for Usher when DJ A track was there. I've seen Con- I've seen I've seen Kanye at Warehouse. I've seen mad, mad Kanye concerts. Yeah. And even though he fucking is driving me nuts right now, and yo, you're tripping with what you're doing to Kim, bro. Chill the fuck out on your Instagram. <laughs> that being said, talking about Kanye music and Kanye concerts only. Yeah. I wrote a biblical structured concert review, and it's all it's online. You can Google that shit, and it's like written like Bible verse. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the whole history of my every con- Kanye concert I've seen, and it's it ends with it's just like written chapter one verse and like Bible structure. Right. So, so like I was doing, like I can do ill journalism shit. I have a ghost face interview I did once. That's all rhyming. Like it's a rhyming interview. Wow. I've interviewed. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I'm, you know, I have various things. So like, you know, journalism's here and there, but like we got to do podcasts. I got, I know I got to do a fucking podcast one day, but I just want to find a little team of invest, investors or whatever, because we're like, like I'm saying, like, now magazine is gone. I magazine is gone. Mm-hmm. I used to write for um, the Grid. Is it called the Grid? Yeah, no, that little magazine that the National Post put out for a minute. Oh man, there's so many fucking things, but they're all gone now. That's the basic point. Yeah, the no, internet no more took print over. Media. Yeah, exactly. And we all got to get on the internet. Yeah, social anyways, media. Anyways, man, you asking some good questions and you tapping into some deep shit, but let's go into some other shit. <laughs> well, listen, man, like. It actually takes me into some of the first times that you might have seen Drake in the scene because you first times I might have seen what Drake in the scene because okay. Drake has he's our main export out of out of Toronto out of Canada okay when it comes to this hip hop scene when it comes to the music scene period so beautiful to see right but both of us have seen him like in his beginning beginnings when he was first dropping songs like For My City and stuff like that, when he was on Project Bounce and times like that. So I'm sure, like, especially, like, to bring it full circle, I, I bucked you at the, the um, all-Canadian North Star show that was going on at his club, History. Right? Yes. So he, now he's let's the biggest go. rapper in the world. Yes. He owns his own club as far as, as well as multiple pieces of real estate in the city. Like, he's the guy, right? But Yo, you yes. probably have seen him in the beginning. Yes. First Drake recollection first. Let's go there. Yes. Shout out to my brother, Aubrey, man. Yo, yeah. like I'm going to, I have a variety of them. And uh, there's a few I've, I'm going to say here that it's never been spoken. But um, one, I found the first time that I've written about Drake, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, when he opened up for most deaf. Okay. At the Phoenix. And I, I found the interview. I have it. And I was like writing about it and what happened. I was like, yeah, man. And I was like, I was a fan of him then. I've always been. And let me put this out there real quick. Any rapper that I fucking love, I love your music. I'm front row. I love your shit. Nobody's perfect. And I, nobody agrees with everything that every rapper does, whether it's. Drake, Nas, Cardinal, Jay-Z, Razzcast, Kent, fuck, whatever, whoever, Pharrell Mons, yeah. Andre 3000, whatever. I love all these guys, but it's like once in a while, Chuck D, Karis One, mm-hmm. so many people that I love and grew up off. It's just like once in a while, they'll say something or do something. You're like, oh, I love you. I love your music. Kanye West obviously is the 
fucking the world's most blatant, glaring, bleeding, pussing, fucking up example that was like, we love you. The whole, you know, the term of the old Kanye. Like, yeah. I'm not even talking about my Kanye interview. We haven't got there yet. But like, mm. but like, shout out to Pound Magazine for that one. But like that being said, like, like I, I, I love Drake and like I, I have grown and watched him from now to whatever. I mean, and all the way back to the last 10 years. But like, <clears throat> yeah, man, there's once in a while we're like, ah, uh, I don't like this song here and there, but I fucking love so much of his shit and so much of his moves. And the one of the very first times I actually ever saw him was a couple blocks away from here, dog. I have a memory of when I was recording a Rich Kid song. Shout out to Rich Kid. I was recording a song called Fail. Okay. And I had taken a break and I'm walking on Queen Street right at the McDonald's and I see Drake walking by <clears throat> in jogging pants and a jersey. And we were like, hey, I was like, hey, yo, what up, what up? I give him the daps, we shake hands or whatever. And like, it was the point where you could see Drake walking down the street in jogging pants. Yeah. You know, you know looking chill, but it was like a, it was spring day and whatever. And I'm like, mm. I have that memory. That's one of the very first ones. And I think that was 2010. Um, Early. One of the ill moments, this was so dope. One of the time I go to New, I was going to New York here and there. I was in New York one time. Shout out to Eternia. I was in New York. Absolutely. I was in New York one time. And I was with Eternia and one of her friends and we were talking to a dude that worked at Rockefeller, mm. Rockefeller engineer. I'm talking to a dude at Rockefeller. I'd gone to New York maybe seven times in my life. One of the early times is, you know, seeing the Maestro Arrow and, you know, like Maestro went to Brooklyn and things didn't work out. Shout out to Showbiz, at, you know, just planting the seeds, you know. First time Cardinal plays fucking, gets played on BET, loving it. Like, just like trying to fucking be like, when the fuck are these Americans going to love us, man? When yeah. the fuck are they going to respect us? Always like just looking for that moment. One of the greatest moments is when happened through Drake. Mm -hmm. I'm in New York chilling with one of Eternia's friends was, was this Rockefeller engineer. Can't even remember his name, but he was like, yo, dog, you hear that new shit, yo? <laughs> He's like, yo, that dude from Toronto, Drake. Mm. That shit is, and I'm in New York, and I'm like, this yeah. never happened. I'm like, yo, this never happened. I was like, yo, this is literally one of the first times I'm in New York, and they're respecting a Canadian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Best I ever had. Yo, it was, yeah, er earlier on those days, come back. See, and I was like, mm -hmm. and I was, I was like, fuck, this is, and in my brain, I was like trying to chill, but I was like, fuck, this is so dope. I was like, yo, word up. Like, yeah. Yo, word up, Drake. Keep counting these motherfuckers. Yeah. So that was that was another early thing that happened. No, it's, it was it's good because like them times I was starting to get the same reception where I'm getting calls from the States. You know, um, I've told this story a few times where my homie from Miami hollered at me and he's like, yo, your boy Drake, he's killing it out here. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah, you're this like, is actually happening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and which is what I'm saying. Yo, it's, you know, it's gone through so many levels and whatever. Everyone's got their own Drake albums and songs that they like favorite, whatever. 
One of my favorite eras is definitely the Nothing Was the Same era. I mm-hmm. fucking love Worst Behavior. That's one of my fucking. I love that shit. You yeah. know. You know. Um. So like. Uh, 5 a.m. in Toronto. Hoo-wee. That's like super fire shit. But but also, you know, I love that fucking verse that he did on Churchill Downs. That shit is fire, and I want to hear all that shit. I fuck, I also do love fucking Sticky, man. Like, everyone's Sticky's got... Uh, Sticky is ill as fuck. I think it's such an ill combination of, of the dance shit and just spitting. So it's yeah. like various levels like of, of, of love and whatever he's done over the, the thing is. But I'm saying all this to say it's like, I am so happy to say that, hey, I've got some memories and interactions. I don't have musical interactions, mm-hmm. which is uh, some of the other people have different histories with that. Yeah. And you don't have any interviews with him. I tried to get like we talked about it for a minute and I, I would always love to do that. Drizzy, you know, it would be a different kind of interview if you ever want to do that. That would be I've got a few like bucket list interviews I still like to do. Mm-hmm. Drake is one. We we did talk about it, and he he did honestly like I wouldn't I would not lie about this. He did agree to do the one. He did agree to do one at the end of the Pat Stay Math Hoffa. Yeah. There was a moment. Oh, uh, we didn't we didn't get there, but we, I might as well talk about it now. But yeah, like, please. there's a moment. I mean, it's on MTV. There was a moment with Maestro, me, and Drake, and we were all watching this Pat Stay and Math Hoffa battle mm-hmm. down at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, right after that, I was like, "Yo, yo, I'd love to do an interview." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do it." But like, I like I tried to reach out a little, and like, it just he was busy, things didn't connect, and it just never got to happening. Yeah, I, I still have to do it. Um, you know, I wouldn't be no fuckery troll bullshit. It would be a, just a real wonderful conversation and like a a, a thorough interview. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, Drake, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Busta Rhymes, and, uh, and maybe like, and Pharaoh Monch. Those are the last five interviews that I would like to try to get through that. Pharaoh Monch interview, we tried to do it, didn't happen. And then couple of the other ones are just dream interviews, but yeah, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, Drake, you know, Drake, I'd love to do that one day, man. It would be dope. And even like just the interaction that you've had, like you mentioned the first one with him, how you guys bumped into each other just on the road and he was like, yo, what up, what up? Like, he already knew who you were back then. You knew who he was. And then, like, fucking years later, you're there at the front row. I'm watching on Instagram in his Instagram stories. Yeah. Him videotaping you. So, yeah. like, just a little bit of BTS, right? What was the conversation when, like, I don't know, 15 years later or 12 years later? That was one of the greatest moments in Canadian hip hop history that I've ever seen. Mm. And I, Drake has grown into an entity that's so wonderful and wild and unpredictable. Mm. Some people are frustrated, whatever. Rumors, probably, whatever, whatever. It's, it's never been happened. It's never happened in Canadian history. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. And it's so beautiful to see because on one level, it's like, yeah, it's the tip of the iceberg. Because Canada has so many fucking wonderful musicians, writers, dancers, graph artists, fucking so many, like, so many legends, you know, whatever. There's so many. And it's like, y'all were always sleeping on our hip hop. And it's been dope. And we've been trying to tell you since fucking whatever, Maestro, Socrates, Mishimi, whatever, whatever. And y'all just didn't respect us on a level. 
And now y'all respect us on a level. Now y'all have to respect us on a level because Drake took it to a level that's never happened before. And I love to see it because now I listen and I'm like, I go to the States and I'm like, 85% of American hip hop is deeply influenced by Drake rap and OVO 40 production. I'm like, we are now the fucking formula of most of the industry down there. It's amazing. I mean, it's whack on the level where it's like no biting allowed, which is why shout out to Drake for trying to cut off fake Drake's career. I fucking can't even. That is so funny. You said you beat him no, up that's for free. Point <laughs> shit. No, yo, you, you can't get on by biting. Yo, this is no biting allowed. Yeah. That's, that's the, you want to really represent the culture. You fucking keep it real. Just yeah. Fucking stop fronting. So, I mean, I'm just saying I, I w- I've been a fan, been contributing since 94, 95. Recorded, did my first show in 92. I mean, um, first recordings around 92, 93 demos and stuff. Mm-hmm. 94, I got my first uh, music played on, on on CKLN. So we've been trying since then to get love and respect in hip-hop culture and make history. And seeing it now happen with Drake is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I'm happy about it. I fucking support it. And can't wait to see what he does next. And uh, I'm going to talk, sorry, I'm gonna, let me get to this show. Because this show is one of the great, great moments. Yeah. I hadn't seen him probably in about three years. I, I really fucking sadly, sadly missed. I've seen seven out of the 10 OVO shows. Wow. Uh, um, one of them, I was in Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because... I wrote on Facebook that I had a dream that Nas was going to show up. And I wrote that on like July 29th here. And then I go to Africa and then Nas and Stevie Wonder were the guests that year. So it was a word on my fucking life. I learned like digital proof of this shit. I had a dream about that shit. It was weird. Yeah. But it was dope. So that was one of the only OVO shows I missed. But I also missed the one where the Raptors were the champions and he mm. came out and like, fuck, I wish. Shit was just fucked up. It was like a life regret of mine. I'll never fucking, one of my major regrets is not to see that Raptors OVO championship concert with the, with the CN Tower and shit. Yeah. And him come out to, oh my God. Trophies. Oh my God. I wish I was there. Fuck. But I seen most of the other ones and I, I hadn't seen him. I hadn't seen him in a bit. And obviously, you know, he's bigger than ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, this OVO show is going down. And, of course, I'm rolling with my homie, Logic. Shout out to Logic. And mm-hmm. shout out to Jolene, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Blah, blah. My, my, my homies, we're walking, uh, we're walking down Queen Street. And it's like 8 o'clock. And we're, of course, going to go there. Of course, you got to be there, man. Like. Just gonna go, of course. I ain't gonna miss it for nothing. And I'm not on Instagram, I right? I mostly use Twitter because you can be nude on Twitter. And Malcolm Lovejoy is in the motherfucking building, and I do porn. It's also my. We're another, gonna get into that. Yeah, exactly. We will. So I can't get on Instagram or Facebook. I've been shadow banned on Facebook enough times. I'm like, I can't use those things because I can barely. So I'm not. I don't use Instagram much, but I have an account. Mindbender loves you. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking up Queen Street, 8 o'clock on the evening of the Canadian All-Star Show, 
We're going there early. Of course, I got to be there. And my phone starts buzzing. And I'm looking at it. And it's like Instagram has a couple messages. And I'm like, Instagram? I'm like, and I'm like rubbing my eyes. Things get mad quiet, dog. Mm-hmm. World, world kind of. No like, traffic on the street anymore. <laughs> no, like things just get a little quiet. And I'm like, the fuck? And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, champagne poppy. <laughs> I'm like, I know who that is, of course. Even if I'm not on Instagram, I know who I, I see his shits here and there. Yeah. I'm like, I know that name. And I'm like, champagne poppy has messaged me. Like, and I'm like, it's my shit. Shit glitching? Like, I'm like, like some fucker with me. And I'm, I'm like, just because I'm not in, on Instagram much. So yeah. Like, but, uh, and then it, 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 there was two messages that I missed. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, fuck, bro. I, I, I ain't trying to, you know, I, ain't, I don't want to leave you away, bro, for sure. Yeah. And it had been about like. You got champagne poppy sitting in, in, the, in the request section. Yo. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I ain't trying to do that to you, bro. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I, like I would just when I had pulled my phone down, we were right in front of the venue. It's 8 o'clock. And, and I, I saw I missed two messages. I was like, oh, fuck. And then. I see him calling again. And I was like, oh shit, I got Wait, hold on, hold on. He's calling? Yeah, video call. Oh, snap. He's video calling me through my Instagram. That's crazy. Yeah, and I had missed two months just because I'm like, I don't know, I'm not on Instagram. This guy's missing calls from Drake on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, okay, I got you now. And then I I click it, and then I and then it's like, video. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like I'm walking with Logic and my homegirl and I'm, I'm just like hold up <laughs> and Drake is like yo what up what up good to catch you and I was like oh so good to, so good to see you like mm-hmm. it's just like the homie yeah and like I like this is you know we've had probably honestly 10 or 11 interactions in my life mm-hmm. maybe 12 so it's like, I've had a variety of experiences. It's all good. This ain't like, I ain't tripping, but I hadn't seen him in like maybe three years. Three years, years yeah. I'm like, oh, good to see you again. He's like, oh, yo. He's like, I've been trying to get at you all day. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> I'm like, that's love. That's love. And he's like, yo, tell me you're going to be there tonight. He's like, I got to have you there tonight. Tell me you're showing up. That's crazy. And I'm like, of course I'm showing up. And I just go like this and I'm like, we're standing on the sidewalk and I just turn it. And I'm like, we're, I'm like, yo, we're here right now, dog. I'm like, right now it's eight o'clock. I'm like, I ain't missing this for nothing. Mm. Honestly, the people gave me, I got a couple of nicknames, but the people gave me the nickname, Mr. Front Row. Mm. And like, that's one of the nicknames. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Cause that's how it goes down. I'm like, yeah. And part of that is sometimes getting there first. And leaving there last. Yeah. That happens in that knock show. I'm just there because I love it. So, little known fact, Michael Jackson also saw enough shows from the front row. So, mm. um, yeah. So, Drake is just like, yo, yo, you got to be there. I'm like, bro, I'm here. Of course. I ain't missing this for nothing. This is great. Yeah. So, he's like, all right, all right. Yo, yo, uh, I got to have you in here, man. Like, I got you. You know, are you with some people? I'm like, yeah, I'm just with two people here. He's like, okay. I got you. Let me just hook you up with some 
some wristbands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, that's love. Word, I got you. Thank you. It's just it's right there. We just walk right in. <laughs> and uh, like, dude comes out. Yeah. Are you so, so, so? There's three wristbands. History, gold, VIP. Mm-hmm. Come on in. And yeah, I was expecting to watch the whole show from the front row because we were there. I was like, I would have been behind the rail. Yeah. Watching DJ Agile, killing it and whatever. But they just kept us walking. <laughs> and we went crazy. through a door. <laughs> and then we went up the stairs and it was, it was dope as hell, man. It was one of the greatest memories of my life. It was mad love. Just go up the stairs to the VIP section. And, and there's just this backstage. There's a good backstage. It's beautiful. It's a place to sit, food, drinks. No, man, I value that story right there, bro. The bartender, we, we made a special drink that night. It's Hennessy, orange juice. And ginger ale. Mm. And shout out to the people. We had a the, the bartender. We had a special name for that. Drake came up though. He he eventually came up at a certain moment. He just like kind of appeared at some moment. We yeah. were just chilling. And he was just a wonderful human being. I hadn't seen him in mad years. And it was just daps. And um he was like, yo, yo. It was really wonderful. He was just, he just goes, yo. I want you to have a great experience tonight. He goes, I want you to watch the show from wherever you want. And he showed me where the upper balcony is. He's like, you want to check it out from here? He's like, "Uh, no. I was like, "Ah, this looks great. But he's like, yeah, yeah, go down to the front. Let's go down to the front. So I was like, you know, I got to be close to the front of the show. It's crazy because you're having this conversation. But you're talking about Drake that you're having this conversation with. He's just like one of the homies, bro. Word on my life. It was. Uh, he is one surreal. of the homies. It, it was. It was. <clears throat> it was very surreal because. Everything was normal, but it was also incredibly world class and unprecedented. And, you know, it was one of the greatest moments of all time that had never mm-hmm. happened before at the exact same time. Yeah. And I was up there. It was love because it was it was love that brought me there. It was like, yo, I like whatever. I would have been anywhere in the building. I couldn't mm-hmm. miss this show. But you know, Drake was like, I gotta have you there. It was so peace, and it was like the reason that he chose that is because I had seen him all the way back to his first one of his first like major shows. The most yeah. I'd seen him probably. 12 or 13 times maybe now there's enough cat like i say the roots 21 times mm-hmm. was at that wu-tang show i've seen the wu-tang together at least 10 times method man at least 12 times nas at least 13 14 times now i'm yeah. really in double digits with a lot of these cats now it's like real love, concert fan like yo when i saw raekwon at the shop he just automatically got up and gave me daps he's like mm. we were talking about it i'm like i seen raekwon i'm like yo i saw you at Sound Academy in 94 when you had the gold tarantulas. The first, I'm like, gold tarantulas? I had, that's burned in my memory. That's one of the mm. first, I like literally bumped into Ray Kwan. He's wearing a gold tarantula. I'm like, yo, I go back to then. He's like, oh shit. So like, I mean, Drake was like, yo, uh, he was thinking, I was so honored that he was like, yo, I gotta have you here. I'm like, I gotta be there. So yeah. it's just real. I'm like, and like, no matter what, People can criticize whatever, whatever. Fuck all that shit, yo. That, like, Drake was 
a real Canadian hip hop lover that night, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I love that concert so much because he paid respect to four of my favorite. It's like there are so many people that are just greats and legends that I love in the city under underrated, underappreciated musicians. Mm-hmm. The four that he had on that show that I was like, I love this show was Mishy Me, mm-hmm. Maestro Fresh West, Cardinal Official, and Socrates. Yeah. Those four were there. It was fantastic. Chocolair was there. Yo, Glenn Lewis was there. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so beautiful. No, man. And and it's it's this is Frank awesome. and Dank. I have oh my God. Yeah. Yo, Dankery Harv. That's my brother. Salute to Dank. That's the homie, man. That's yo, he was there backstage. Terry Chase was there. Julie Black was there. Yeah. I swear to God. Yo, I have to say, one of the greatest moments of all time when Julie Black did that this little light of mine moment and everyone mm. put out their light talking about everyone's inner child fucked up and how fucking how much damage that does in this world oh my god that was one of the greatest moments ever yeah I, but, i'm blessed to be there too yeah. and drake i was like yo that's literally i'm not even not even exaggerating that's one of the greatest canadian concerts of all time mm-hmm. that canadian all-star show of course everybody couldn't be there unfortunately you know Hopefully there's a part of two. There's a part two. Drake was like, yo, I do this all the time. He was like, oh, hopefully we can maybe get together again. You saying that shit. Mad humble, mad real. Yeah. Treated me like fam. I didn't get it. I wanted to get another picture with him. I wanted to talk to him about a couple other things. Mm. It was mad quick. You know, it's not the end. Hope to see him again soon. You you guys will link again soon because I feel your stories are connected as somebody like himself who's a, a, um, a student of the game. He doesn't like not recognize things. So the fact that you were there from like his first times when he was opening for most deaf to like now where he can have his own show in his own venue. Not only that you recognize that, I'm sure he recognized that as well. Yeah. And the reason why he was blowing up your damn phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, it was it was so dope. And like no matter like whether he did that or not, I would have been probably two or three feet feet away from where I was that night when he gave you me the VIP there, pass. Bro. I was already there. I was already there. He didn't even have to say it. Like I literally was so magical. He was like, "Yo, tell me you're coming." I'm like, "Yo, brethren, Instagram phone, turn my wrist. I'm here, standing yeah. outside history right no now. No cap. I'm right in yo, front of your real, venue, bro. Yo, tr- trust me." And he was yeah. like, "Yo, he's like, yo, he's like, I need to have you there." And I'm like, "I got you, dog." So yeah. It's like, yeah. Yo, like. So many people are there, just legends, good Canadian hip hop. I mean, you know, I can't even remember everybody. I, I love y'all. All that was, man. Backstage, <laughs> man, I saw some people I ain't seen. I shout out also to Forty because I hadn't seen him yeah, in person in 40. so long. It was so good to see him, and it was the first time I had seen Chubbs ever in my life. <laughs> and, and uh, Future the Prince said my name. I was like, yo, bro, I, I ain't seen you in a mad. I don't even know how long it's been. So it was really an honor to be like, I don't even know what, where, or how, or why these people interact with my energy or music or whatever I'm doing. But like, I'm out here and there's much more to go. Mm. So you're a levels. legend, fam. You're a legend. Yeah, yeah. We are, you know, you know and, and I, I want to show in the next rest of my life what else I've learned and how else I can contribute to the culture because it's, you know, the journalism and the sexuality thing, those are big things, but uh, it's time to uh, drop some music too here and there. So let's, let's, let's stop for a second and go into another zone that you went into because you just mentioned now, right? The sexuality. 
Yeah. We started getting into adult films. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what prompted that change? Because that's a big shift. There's been rappers who've been involved in adult films for a long time, like around it. You know what I'm saying? You know, even from like Funk Dubious, who might have been in one. Right? Yeah. But like, it was pretty good. But mostly after Funk Dubious, it was more like, they're, you know, Snoop Dogg producing. Yeah, exactly. Different there, people there was, not in there, it. Yeah, exactly. That's right? the, I got the doggy style tape where he produces. He he just walks through a room. He's smoking a blunt. Yeah. People are fucking beside him. There's I I I've done lots of homework on it. Um, uh, there's rumors about Coolio doing one. There's rumors about Too Short doing one. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Campbell did one. Obviously, Cool Keith. Did, yeah, Cool did, Keith. Did, yeah, yes. exactly. Shout out to Cool Keith. Right, but Time. it's a rarity to have rappers go into becoming porn actors. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, to be like, to talk about people who are actually doing it, sincerely, Tyga is on the list. And Tyga, I'm not a fan of his music, but that dude is doing it. Um, yo, thank you so much. Um, yeah, who else? Um, and there's actually a couple of porn stars who... Uh, who made some music or whatever. Heather Hunter Heather did Hunter, a, yeah. Uh, yeah, she did a song. I mean, DJ Premier produced the song for her. And, you know, there was all those talk about, you know, some people talk about some rumors about Gangstar breaking up because of DJ Premier's porn addiction or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. how real or true that is, but I heard those words once. And like, I mean, to be, I'm, I'm saying all that to say the, one of the reasons I, that's really, I've never connected it like that, but sincerely and truly, one of the reasons that I got into porn is because of the lack of truth that hip hop would have around sexuality. Okay. I, I got frustrated and I was like, yo, I mean, there's so many levels to it and I won't go in too deep, but I'll go in. (laughs) It's, it's stuff. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Dame Dash and Cameron. I love y'all, but I ain't, say, pause? I ain't saying pause to shit. <laughs> I ain't saying pause to nothing. <laughs> but every fucking porn, like every goddamn sentence is a double entendre, triple entendre. Mm. But, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I got into porn uh, right at the A. I'm, I'm 10 years deep. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> pun intended too man no pun intended but no i'm sincerely celebrating 10 years in it i started wow. right be- right before i turned 36 uh, i started at 35 and um and i did it because for 10 15 years i got sick of hip-hop lying about what sex they were having hiding other things sexual things that we're having mm-hmm. Fucking the gay rapper, fucking skit era, and the whole reality that it wasn't one gay rapper, but it was many gay rappers, mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of lesbian rappers, and there's I seen Mickey Blanco perform. There's like trans rappers. Mm-hmm. There's so many levels of that. There's just things that hip hop in the mainstream wasn't talking about. Yeah, I'm like yo, Puff Daddy is all what come out. Like I've met Queen Latifah. Like Queen Latifah. I had a wonderful experience with Queen Latifah mm-hmm. on a set of Hairspray, and it was fantastic. She came over and gave me a hug, yeah. and I was like, yo, I think, yo, we, she, we just connected. She just 
real recognize real and just like there's so many things in hip-hop that was frustrating me i'm like i came out of the era where it was like yo ja rule has you know thong song video is fucking fire but like ja rule is married with children like ja rule isn't fucking all the girls you're talking that, about um cisco oh cisco yeah no but i'm that wait which ja rule no which Ja Rule fucking... No, there's how many Ja Rule songs have married? Ja Rule has in? multiple girl songs, but he was always married from like his... He was married to his high school sweetheart. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like how many rappers have this image of, you know, whether they were cheating or whatever, just didn't know how to be whatever, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I see Superhead. I, I had an interview with Carmen. I talked to Carmen. Wow. I talked to Carmen and Carmen told me some wonderful, ill things about Jay and Nas mm-hmm. and Pete Rock and just, and Carmen for the people who don't know that's Nas's baby mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I talked to her for one of the magazines. I uh, I also worked shout out uh, you know there were some wonderful people backstage at that Drake show and one of them I'd never seen I hadn't seen in mad years was Apple. And I used to write for Apple's uh magazine called Swag. Mm-hmm. I had an interview with Jerry Heller for Swag before Jerry Heller died. Wow. I had an interview with Gobi, who was a producer of many of Tupac's videos. And they told me some ill, wonderful things. Um, but yeah, um, I hadn't seen Apple in many years and he was there backstage. So it was good to see him. No matter what, even though Apple, I don't want the money you owe me. It's all good. I'm just <laughs> But that just happens in journalism. Yeah. Some magazines just fall apart sometimes. It's just hard. It's just whatever. It's just, you know, it's not no fault to him, whatever. It's just doing black media in, in Canada. What the fuck? Yeah. At some point in time, they're going to pull the plug and be like, oh, we don't believe in you anymore. We don't care. But God damn it. You're going to care. <laughs> yes, when the next motherfucking fag comes up and you're trying to get back popular and shit. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no disrespect, but that's exactly what much music is trying to do and all this shit. They're heavy on TikTok right now, those guys. Exactly. You throw away all the ill shit that you used to have. You just kept it going instead of stop believing in it. Whether it's the fucking show Rap City or Speaker's Corner Mm -hmm. or how many other things you just threw away. Traditions and outlets and ways for the community to whatever. whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, back to porn. Yeah, just hip hop was just limiting. It's just like, fuck, I just want to put my body where my mouth is and shit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. You know, I I do have a, like, I like sex. I mean, I don't even, that sounds basic, but I do have a higher than normal sexual appetite and mm-hmm. sexual e- interest and curiosity around not only sexuality, but the human body and relationships yeah. and the psychology behind sex and the history of courtship and and the motherfucking truth that the real origin of the whole fuck the media who wrote East West beef because it was never no East West shit. The fucking bad boy death row beef mm-hmm. was Suge Knight and uh, Puff Daddy's uh, head of security killing Suge Knight's best friend. Jake Robles over an argument over a woman, a relationship. 
like so many things in history, so many things in in the world, like fucking Marilyn Monroe's death, like fucking she get murdered because she was about to come out and tell that tell the world that she was fucking both of the Kennedy brothers and shit. Mm. All these ill shit, man. Like there's so many real shits that like happen because of sex and sexuality and power and all this shit. Like yeah. motherfucking Bill Clinton and Hill and and. Head in the Oval Office. Yeah, Monica Lewinsky, yo. Shout out to Monica Lewinsky, one of like, Eminem's favorite sources of rap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so much like sexuality and is as so tied to power and life and truth and identity and everything. So like hip hop can be really limiting. So mm. started making porn and producing it. And I'm uh I have a company called Spit Magazine that um, you know trying to keep alive and putting out there and we're trying to produce shit. And I've shot over in Boston and Montreal and uh, a couple other places and work with people from various places. And you know, I'm trying, I'm working on getting out there, create a community in Toronto and mm-hmm. get paid for sex, love and sexual healing and mentoring and relationship therapy and all kinds of ill shit. Just yeah. Massage things that the world needs, but they don't want to admit they need until they're in an emergency or whatever. But like, you know, just trying to normalize it because honestly, the pandemic was, you know, obviously it was one of the worst things in so in, in a generation, but one of the blessings was when the motherfucking health department of the country is saying, yeah, you know, like these are the guidelines for touch and masturbation. And like, we're all isolated and like physical touch is a basic human need. And uh, and this is something I don't say in every interview, but I'll drop it here. I, I sincerely believe sexual rights are the civil rights movement of the 21st century. Mm. And the same way that people were fighting for basic human rights in the 60s, just the right to drink water and breathe and go on the same bus and all that. Now we're just having, now we're just fighting for the right for fucking to tell the truth about, hey, we're gay, lesbian, straight, P-Valley, fucking, what about the fucking gay fight scene in the in the 50 Cent movie or whatever, whatever, you know? What about the game, him being a stripper and shit? Yeah. Why can't the game talk about his latent homosexuality or whatever, whatever? Various, various things. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, there's, it's so, a there's so many things about it. I mean, I mean, there's things that I believe that I wanted to write an article, bombshell. We love hip hop. Okay. <laughs> um, sexuality, um, latent homosexuality, the game, bombshell. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I mean, this ain't a bombshell to some people, but it is some other. But I mean, it's it's one of the hip. I I think honestly, it's hip hop's last last open hidden secret okay i mean hip-hop people have rhymed about everything and people have rhymed about this but not really and on the mainstream central level mm-hmm. even though oh even though frank ocean has won an oscar all right grammy i mean and even though elton john has been out since 1981 little nas x now little nas x now is doing better than ever and just being like, yo, black people come in all types of sexualities. And this is how it was in Africa. Mm-hmm. Like, due to knowledge, like, it's just, 
you don't, nobody's telling you how to fuck in your bedroom. So don't tell anybody how to fuck in their bedroom. And like, if you may not understand it, but you don't have to oppress it. Cause like, there's no point in you doing what we've been trying to get away from. But like, yeah, hip hop. I mean, I mean, I don't, it's, it's, it's a delicate thing. Cause I don't want to, there's people that I want to have relationships with. But I, I say this because, you know, I'm in my porn life. I don't, I don't interact with men, but in my private life, I do occasionally do the thing that I want to do here and there. And I don't tell everybody that, but I don't give a fuck what y'all want to talk about. This is secret in some places, but you know, whatever. But in hip hop on record, there's so few people that have done stuff and I want to have relationships with certain people, but I also want to be like, yo, I don't know what I'll have to do if I'm sacrificing relationships to try to do to like open the conversation to talk about, I do believe Eminem is gay. I do believe Dr. Dre is gay. And like, mm. you know, it's like, I don't even say this with disrespect. You know, I've had queer experiences. I, 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 you know, I've kissed dudes, whatever. I've had sexual interactions with, with not just women as well. And mm. like, and it's been wonderful. It's been beautiful. It's been consensual. Yeah. And like, and we we covered this in our first interview. Exactly. And yeah. it's just like there's there's very little progress. It's step it like in hip hop, it goes forward a bit and then it goes back. It's so regressive mm-hmm. and whatever. I mean, Little Nas X is one of the great things that's happening. And shout out to Drake for bringing up the history. That's gonna be great. Can't wait to be there. Mm-hmm. But um and uh can't wait. Shout out to the person that's also I'm gonna be going with too. It's gonna be great. Probably gonna be a very sexy night. <laughs> but that being said, there's like so much ignorance in hip hop that I'm frustrated with. Like, just people who can't be honest about their sexuality with whatever it is. And I sincerely believe your sexual not not that sexuality is everything, but sexuality can connect can connect to everything. Mm-hmm. And since the creation of whatever it's your mother or your father or like this person and that person, whatever combining to make another person sexuality and like sexuality is the way that it happens most of the time. There's a few scientific other ways, but generally sexuality is the core reason why each of us keeps existing. Mm -hmm. Like that's a core part of all of our identities. Yeah. So hiding your sexuality or lying about it or suppressing it or, or running away from it or denying it or fucking saying a church or government or whatever is, is right to fucking vilify it or fucking crucify it. That's all bullshit. And that'll fuck you up. Yeah. It has been fucking up us, our parents, our grandparents, back generations, generations, cultures all over the world. And I'm just, I'm like, I can't contribute to this shit. Mm-hmm. So real talk, real talk. Malcolm X did sex work when he was before the days of Detroit red, when he was in Boston. And it's like Malcolm X was a sex worker. I believe that I fucking have books about it. I, I study this shit. I'm a Malcolmologist. Mm-hmm. Malcolm is half the reason that I have chosen the name Malcolm Lovejoy. Malcolm Lovejoy, yes. So, and like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I've come back and forth with Malcolm Lovejoy and Mindbender, and like, I'm starting to merge the two. And yeah, I got some songs and stuff where I rhyme about it and other stuff. And uh, you know, it's just going to be the stuff I do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, like, even like with with um. 
you you explain the pushback, right? That you might have like you can get from like the the community or hip hop community, right? What do you think about the? What are your views on the scene now? I mean, it's better than ever, and there's like it's wild, yo. There's that like <laughs> there's this that one meme online <laughs> where, or it's like a short video. And these two dudes are wearing these two, these two white guys are wearing these two Tupac shirts. Mm -hmm. And are they doing, are they doing shook ones or something? And they're like, one guy's just rhyming it. And then the other guy's just like doing this like hella gay dance to it. (laughs) And they're both wearing Tupac shirts. Yeah. And it's just, it's just. It's just wow. This couldn't even. It's just hilarious. There's and some like, old heads who are like some traditionalist old heads who are like, no, oh, no, no. But it's just like, yo, what the fuck? It's like, yo, man, yo, this shit is worldwide. Tupac is a motherfucking religion. Yeah, like, it's like a literal Wu Tang is a like this is global shit, man. This is this is literal like culture, religion, science, art, history, family, everything. Like, what the fuck, like. Yo, man, like, you can't just segregate the shit from, yo, you got fucking gay, lesbian people in your family and shit, what, whether yeah. you want to ignore, acknowledge it or not. So shout out to Bernie Mac, man. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but, shout out to, to Kendrick Lamar also with his song that he, that he dropped on um, his newest album there, um, 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 the, the Big Steppers album. I forgot exactly the name there. Um, and he was like, uh, my auntie is a man now. Right where she talked, where he talked about his his aunt's transition from from a woman to a man. Right, I am ne- I've never fronted in my life. I only and I'm just uh, this is going out there. Just let's go, let's go, motherfuckers. Let's go. Got a problem? Got a problem? I honestly, to this point, have only heard four or five out of the songs on the Kendrick Lamar album. I couldn't get through it. I'm having a lot of difficulty getting through it. It's like one of the most it's difficult. Um, I did hear We Cry Together, and I'm mm-hmm. really not happy with it at all, especially doing sex work at all. It's a very problematic song, and it's like, it's fucked up. There's no solutions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I only listened to it once. I mean, I don't know if I could do it again. I heard the videos out. I don't even know if I'll ever watch it. I might just to see like what, he brings or what kind of damage he does but yeah i mean shout out to the actress from zola rhyming this song okay she's 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 talented even though that movie wasn't as ill as i wanted it to be especially because the twitter story was kind of better than the movie but like i'm just saying that to say like i fucking i'm not ignorant to what kendrick lamar did but like Mm. i'm a Definitely a fan of To Pimp a Butterfly way more than that new album. I, I wasn't feeling it. So I'm it's just saying. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I remember now. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I know, of, I, I read that he did that verse, but I never heard that song yet. Mm. So I, I honestly haven't even gotten that far. So. Well, I, I say that to say, like, it's an interesting thing because now sexuality is talked about more. You know, a mainstream rapper like Kendrick Lamar um, can, can speak about his experiences with his family. You spoke about it, right? Yeah, yeah I'm happy about that. You know, like exactly. Yeah. Um, a couple yeah. of things, more things I want to know about the adult scene. Just all right, right. Just for people who are on the outside who really don't get to speak to people who are working in the scene, especially like yourself, who's ten years in, right? Oh. Um. Okay, is there a lot of money in the Canadian adult scene, or like do people have to go to LA? 
yes and no. And porn is at the point where everyone with a phone and the internet connection is connected to the international porn network of mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, it's not, if it was 1992, you would probably have to go to LA if you wanted to make money off it, but you could, there were still Canadian porn production in 1992. Mm-hmm. It was just probably like a lot more white and a lot less open even than what it is now. Yeah. Now you don't need to really, you can just create your own basically. But that being said, to be, to not get shut down, taken off the internet, to not be part of the problem instead of being part of the solution, uh, you obviously have to be working with people mm-hmm. that are of age, you have to not, excuse me, you have to um, be working with people who consent. Mm-hmm. You have to not be drunk or high or whatever fucked up or like, you know, like people have their levels of intoxication. I never, ever, ever I fucking love sexuality where it is my, that's my greatest high. Like yeah. anytime I smoke is just honestly just a fucking weak placebo to be like, I wish I was fucking or eating some pussy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, I, whatever, I have Rastafarian roots. So, <laughs> and like, there's a, I understand the herbal and like medicinal breathing rituals and stuff. But, but I, I mean, I, I'm saying like sexuality is my favorite energetic rush and yeah. connection. And like, I know some people might drink or do or whatever, whatever, but I'm just saying it's like to the point where you have to consent and you have to like, everyone has their own, you know what? It could be even be like, yo, I took a fucking couple like, like pharmaceutical pills that I'm on like, Xanax or Zola or whatever, whatever. I don't. But it was in your level of in your, your level to be like, hey, you're I'm con- you're, yeah. you're you're cognizant enough to know exactly that you're filming a scene. That exactly that you that you take responsibility for it. Like, um, especially if you're in professional porn, you're signing a two two five seven. There's paperwork. There's there's witnesses. That, you know, two two five seven. Explain. It's the it's the form that it's that uh you'll see it when you look at all porn now that has any short um all the disclaimer at the beginning, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll see the number 2257. And that's basically the paperwork that says these people are of age and they've signed and proved and shown two pieces of ID and proved that they're like adults that consent to this. Interesting. Yeah, this is see, like... They didn't know that. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is real shit. So yeah. So and, yeah. And, and, and to the money-wise, right? Is it like per scene... Or is there like a royalty base that you can get off a of porn? Uh, it depends on how you structure your production and distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a variety of options, especially nowadays. But um, back then, you'd probably get more paid up front per scene. And you probably didn't have the option to own your, like somebody would just pay you, like, all right, five, I mean, you know, I mean, in the 90s, whatever, it would be different numbers, but whatever it be six to eight hundred dollars an hour for the dude and then maybe a thousand to twelve hundred for the woman in okay. general woman usually gets like a couple hundred more usually yeah and for how many mm-hmm. hours of work it depends some people might have a three-hour shoot some productions might have a nine ten day hour shoot and it might go for three days but it's yeah no it's rare to go very long but the, you know you see some some shits that are high production value, like mm-hmm. that might take a week or two, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the top of the top of the industry, like one, I think one of the highest produced porn movies was something called Pirates. They might not, 
Like it's something back in the days on a pirate ship. Uh -huh. Yeah, whatever you might, <laughs> whatever. Just various things in porn history. That's that was just a very high budget movie, and I'm just saying that probably took a week or so to do. Wow. But I've I've had I'm I'm just I've read a little few. I think that would probably take about a week. Like it's just there's a set, whatever, whatever. So in a week, that means just to keep continuity. Uh, of scene to scene and stuff like that. Like people have to like regroup in different places and then start fucking again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's I very mean, mechanical. It's not as, as, um, as you know, illustrious as people might see on the other side when you're watching it. You know what I'm saying? And people just might be thinking that, okay, yeah, everybody just fucking and having a good time. And I'm sure that's happening, but, and I'm sure there's a lot of like retakes. Um, can we do that again? Okay. Don't come yet. Like all of that type of stuff. I'm sure it's happening behind the scenes, right? Uh, there's, uh, yeah, anything and everything is happening behind the scenes. That is happening sometimes. It all depends on the director, depends on the actor, the actresses, um, depends on the position, the scene. Um, there have been times where some of the porn cliches that people talk about are like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's pretty close to real. And then there's some shits where I'm like, the world don't know. Y'all muggles, y'all civvies don't know a motherfucking thing about the level. Y'all talk about this shit. You make your fucking dead hooker jokes and you talk your shit and you disrespect and and then y'all fucking your government, your politicians and you and your family are fucking your children and all these motherfuckers are <laughs> using pornography, fucking learning from it, loving it, fucking spending their money on it, hiding it, all these levels and shit. So. I mean, on on some, like, in California, that is where it was definitely be more controlled mm -hmm. and closer to a version of Hollywood with more takes and stop and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But um, the more independent you go, the more it could just be. You're just fucking. Gonzo. And you're filming it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, POV, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I shoot for a wonderful company called Make Love Not Porn. Okay. Based out of New York. I get good money from them. I'm not going to say numbers, numbers, but I'm just going to say they're blessed. I have a consistent relationship with them and they've been paying me for many years mm -hmm. at the same time every month. Uh, there's three digits and to the checks that just float in mm -hmm. and they don't want cuts and edits and light and, and makeup or whatever. They're like, Set up your phone and had sincere, authentic, beautiful relationship style, natural sex. Mm. The person that the way you do it, how you do it. Yeah. Don't, you know, whatever. You don't have to do it California style, whatever. It's hey, for that niche. For, it's for the amateur niche. I mean, like. Would, that, would, they, porn, would they put it in that category? Porn, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you could. Even say. though it's not amateur. Yeah, you could. You could. Huh. Uh, amateur, independent. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if they have a category for that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, they do. There's a million categories for everything. But, um, I mean, porn is bigger than Hollywood. So, like, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's massive. And people just, it's just, that's what, uh, it's the tragedy of the people that get murdered and, and, and just discarded and disrespected all the time. The government doesn't want to talk about it or give rights or respect sex workers. Mm. And... People don't want to publicly discuss how much billions, millions of dollars of daily 
connections and use of porn, the, the, the fact that the internet is basically fucking floating on a fucking flatbed of porn. Yeah. It's like everybody. But anyways, like, you know, I don't want to get too, too deep in it because, but like the thing is, there's always more work to do. There's a, always a step forward. There's, there's some money it with some places. Sometimes you just do it. It's just, there's so many parallels to independent hip hop is crazy. Like mm. whether like some of the, except there's not as many labels as there are production companies. Right. But like the person itself is kind of, you can be, become your own label mm-hmm. because you only fans just popped up in the last few years. But yeah. if you were an escort, you might've used Backpage or whatever. You just have, your platform or you market and distribute yourself and then you have your market that you work for whether you fuck webcam stripper whatever escort foot fetish big dick interracial cuckold whatever whatever bdsm rope whatever there's so many there's so many levels it's, yeah. it, it's infinite it changes every year it changes every summer it changes every decade it's just like there's an infinite there's, it, it goes back in fucking centuries. Like, this shit is so deep. It's mm-hmm. so, like, sexuality is so deep and it's wonderful. There's there's never a day where I don't discover a new beautiful person. I'm like, I've, you've never seen all the beautiful girls in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's another benefit to the job. It's, it's impossible. Like, yeah. And even, like, you mentioned OnlyFans. How has that affected the, um, the, the, the sex working scene? Like, uh, there's, there's, like, positives and negatives to yes, it. Yes, please, let me know both. Yeah, they're like, they like, there's times where like some of these platforms, well, Tumblr, Tumblr blew up because of the sexuality that was on it. I used to have a mad sexual Tumblr. Tumblr fucking gets real, real huge. Mad people are using it, using the porn and all this other shit, art and all this other shit. And then Tumblr's like, fuck y'all, no more porn, whatever. Mm. All of us are like, fuck y'all, we're out. Tumblr crumbles. Yeah. Useless. Basically fucking just, another fucking piece of shit in the internet graveyard beside MySpace. Nobody uses Tumblr. Nobody uses Tumblr. So we're on OnlyFans and there was like a moment during the pandemic where OnlyFans was like, uh, we're thinking of stopping using porn. I remember that. And we're like, oh, word? (laughs) And I think they did it for a little bit, a week or two. And people were like, yo, we are about to fucking bounce. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck this shit. And then they're like, yo, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they backpedaled and they're like, change our mind we're actually gonna fucking allow porn so we're like people are like so i have my theory about that but that's the whole other podcast exactly 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 it's like you know there's whatever it goes like whether it's mastercard or credit card shit whatever there's all these other politics in it yeah there's all this next level shit there's always tied into all this shit it's never just just sex but um um so then Fansly pops up where there's, there's always other options, but mm-hmm. like only fans, like there's a couple people that use it. I mean, Tiger is apparently, I, I brought him up because apparently he's doing all right on it. I, I, I haven't seen it, but like. Lil Pump also is supposed to be like going crazy on there, smashing oh. like four chicks at a time. Okay. Doing for, wild shit. You know also some, Safari. Yeah, Safari word. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Safari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh, man. It's, a, it's a thing. Like it's become something that's more popular, more accessible, easy to easy for people to to join the community and and start getting their content off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I get some money from there. It's, it's like it's cool. Yeah, Malcolm Lovejoy. Type it up. Mm-hmm. Only fans. 
But um, but it's just it's a job though. It really is. Like you're you're a drop. The internet. Somebody it's like that's an infinitely expanding ocean, and everybody every day is trying to fucking raise a light or throw a fucking pebble in it to try to make a ripple that fucking gets a reaction. Like, does anybody hear or see or acknowledge what the fuck I'm creating, doing, showing, screaming? <laughs> yeah. Saying. So it's like OnlyFans is an option, but like you can't, people are just, people just make that joke. Oh man, if I lose my job, I'll just start doing sex work. They're like, yeah, motherfucker, you try that shit. Not as easy as you. Oh it my looks. god! Yeah. You just think that you can just walk on some corner and wear some fucking skimpy outfit, and somebody will drive up and pay you to fuck. And oh my god, you have no idea. Like whatever preconceived silly notions you have about how easy you think sex work is, or porn, or stripping, or any of these things. Wee, you fucking better pray you don't have to find out the hard way because mm. this shit is real it's fucking deep it's psychological it's fucking spiritual physical mental political and then it's sexual yeah sexual is like one of the last parts i guess um just to wrap everything up yeah, in yeah. a nice tight bowl because i feel like we've covered a lot of ground yeah this is a pretty good one we yeah. got some amazing never before told stories in this in this piece in this yeah, in this yeah, episode yeah, here yeah, yeah, right we got stuff. to find out the the real mind bender story you know what i'm saying from beginning to where you are now right what do you have in your in your sights for the future some the best mind bender shit ever great shout out to type a records mm -hmm. i'm doing a song <laughs> There's a song coming out in a couple of weeks with Collision and Hyperbole. Okay. Called Run That. Mm. Got a nice Ghostface sample up in there. Nice. <clears throat> and Collision produced it. Tough Dumpling. Tough Dumpling. Oh my God. Tough Dumpling banger. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm working on it. I can't say much about the project, but I'm working on the new Mindbender album. Nice. And it is going to be the greatest thing I've ever told. All my stories, pictures. We have a book planned. We have a documentary that is already done. <gasps> a documentary. This is what I can say because this part is done. It's sitting on my counter. A documentary made in 2014. This is when I can start pulling out this stuff. Yes. Before we end this, please, because you have a plethora of things on the table here. Holy. Yeah, when's the last time you've seen that? Yo, I'm going to make sure to do a zoom in on that right yeah, there. That's yeah, the, yeah. okay, that's the um, Connect Volume 5, no, Volume 4, the Ghetto News, right? Yeah. This is me on um, King Street, no, Dufferin Street, right in front of the Welcome to Parkdale sign. Yes. Yo, and in the inside of the crib, that's inside of my apartment inside of uh, where I used to live in Parkdale. That picture on the wall is of my of my fallen homie, R.I.P. to Juice, Sean Juice James. And that picture wasn't even actually on the wall. Wow. We put that in there with Photoshop. Wow. Redred, I got you. Thank you. Friday, a.k.a. Ricky Dredd. We go wow. so far back. We are, I and, the, and the CD and the um, itself had artwork on it. That's yeah. real artwork of my real two phones. 
there was my watch in there and I think I had my jewelry in that picture. And we took a picture of that and made that the cover of the CD itself. Yes. That's how intricate we got with this artwork shit. Dog. Yo, this was so real, yo. Thank you. Yo, so... Thank you for bringing that out and showing the people, fam. I'm really serious got, about this shit. I got, I got so many things. I got this one. Wow, yo, SARS. I, I couldn't find them all, but yo, I got a couple of the SARS. Sick artist running shit. I don't know. I don't like. Right into the mic. Right into the mic. Memo and Friday. This ain't you. This Let me is, see. Is this you? I don't know. I doubt this is you. Or did somebody try to? I, I don't know, because, fam. I've done a lot of features, so it could have been a feature. Because this is ICM Records, and it's linked out of Montreal. So I thought you might have been connected to this. It could be, but yeah, I don't know, just, fam. I might have been a feature that I forgot about. No disrespect if it is to no, the whoever no the people doubt. are. I just saying, like, I got so much. I got a JD era thing. Wow, salute to JD era. Yo, shout out to JD era. I just thought because of the, yo, shout out to Marvel. I just seen Marvel not too long ago too. Salute to him. Yo, just always, yo, man. Just because shout out to Rich Kid. I found a Rich Kid beats from the Ridgeway wow, days. Wow, one of his original beat CDs, eh? Yo, man, just I got so much love and respect. I got just infinite for Rich Kid, and there's more to come. But I got a King Rain CD. Shout out to King Rain. Just that's R.I.P. King Rain. Love to King Rain forever. But I got. So we was talking about Manifesto Manif Magazine. Yeah, this one with Rich Kid and Socrates on it. From, I didn't even realize that they had a magazine. Yeah, man. When we did Black Thought, J Electronica. Oh, my God. That's when they had the office over there by Dufferin. Yeah. The J Electronica mm. concert at... Wow. Oh, dude. You were, were you at the J Electronica concert? I was not. I wasn't oh. even on to him at that point. Oh I got on to him Lord. late. That's one of the worst moments in Canadian hip-hop history, man. Why? Can I... I've had better moments with Jay Electronica since. And, and just like I said, you know, you, you don't agree with everything that, uh, that your rap heroes do. But this was Jay Electronica's worst moment, second worst moment, worst moment. I've seen some weird things, but I've seen wonderful things. Mm -hmm. We've rocked together. It's been great. I loved him. And, and he's made some wonderful music. But he was wrong when he did this. <laughs> this manifesto show. We're at Dundas Square. Dundas Square. Sunday night. Mm. 8 p.m. Young and Dundas. Family event. Mm. Public. Out in the, by the way, Toronto's biggest mall. Like, Jay Electronica. Pretty sure he was opening for Black Thought. Mm-hmm. Black Thought again. Yeah. <laughs> this huh? guy keeps on coming back to your history, bro. Black Thought. <laughs> Love you and hate you. Just joking. <laughs> no, you're heroes. You know, you, don't, you never agree with everything they do, but whatever. <laughs> it's still nice to meet them. So, okay. Too late. Anyways, the J Electronica, man. In between J Electronica, this was maybe his second show here, not his first. Jay Electronica at the very beginning, just like Nas maybe or whatever, had a reputation for being nervous. Mm. And I seen Jay Electronica, usually he usually would have a cup of vodka. I'd seen him often. I'd always notice he'd have a cup and it seemed like it was like straight vodka or at least like a mixed drink. And I always had a drink. I'd noticed in the first couple of shows he did. Mm -hmm. 
And I think he'd even discussed this at some point for sure. I'm like, I'm not making up shit. Like there's interviews where he's talked about it. Motherfucker. I ain't not, none of this is a lie. I ain't lying about shit. Yeah. My real life. So, so in between beats, like between songs, Jay Electronica hasn't perfected his show yet. It's just like kind of just record, record. Obviously, there's no album out. <laughs> this is like yeah. mad long ago, 2010. So, and he still hasn't performed that fucking album, which I have a ticket for, but he ain't come, he ain't come yet. That's another part. So between the beats, Jay Electronica starts talking to the crowd dog. And I swear on my life, Jay Electronica says these words. I don't know if people, if I don't know if it's captured, but there's a few people who are sad about this and have been scarred in their hearts and souls by the words of Jay Electronica when he was like, "Hey yo, this is this is another reason why I got into sex work. Funny to fucking connect it all together for real." Mm-hmm. Jay Electronica says to the crowd, "Hey yo, which girls out there like being choked?" <laughs> oh shit. Hey, yo, we got any girls out there who like getting choked while they're getting fucked? Swear on my life, Jay Elec- there's no beat playing. Wow. Jay Electronica standing on the stage at Dundas Square. Eaton Center backdrop. Eaton Center backdrop. Loud microphone. The verbals are bouncing off the Eaton Center because there's no beat and it's just his acapella voice. I'm standing there. I'm hearing. I'm just the whole crowd is just getting. <laughs> hey yo, I'm just looking out. There's like mothers and kids and just just fam. <laughs> it's Sunday evening. On the Sunday. It's Sunday evening. It's not Sunday night. It's not Saturday night. It's not Friday night. We're not inside anywhere. We're not in the Phoenix. We're not in. Sound Academy. We're not in System Sound Bar. Tourists walking by. <laughs> we just, just random people walking up Young Street. Yeah. The sun is coming down. I'm like this. I'm. I'm like yo. I'm like. I'm like hip hop is. Maybe they were right. Hip-hop it's is, dying. Hip-hop it wasn't dead, is, but it's dying. Uh, what is? Oh, you're like one of those moments. You're like hip hop is so bad for the children. For real. Like yo, yo. Oh my god. I'm like yo. He, it, it was about three to four minutes. You're just like, it's just scraping people's skin. Yo, who's into choking? Yo, who's, in, who's into that dirt, rough stuff? And he's girl repeats it multiple times. <laughs> Everyone's just awkward. I'm dead. No one knows what to do. It was just horrible. And then just, it just, it was maybe about five minutes. One of the most excruciating moments. Like, fuck, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, J Electronica. Electronica was so awkward and horrible. It was so bad. Oh, oh man. man. I don't know if there's audio of that or but I know there's like I'm not the only one that was there. There Listen, was fucking comment gang. Whoever is watching this, if y'all have that audio, please send oh, on. Man. There, okay, I, there DM was, me, DM Mindbend. DM me because I'll, I'll catch the DM quicker than I, Mindbender. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, there has to be other people that ex- physically experienced that. And like, I, he was talking about that. I don't, he wasn't talking about much else, but it was, it was, it was bad and painful and embarrassing. And 
and unnecessary. <laughs> oh man! But I, I've also had some great experiences with him at the Phoenix, actually with Rich Kid, mm-hmm. and uh, actually at Danforth Music Hall. I was wearing a big fur jacket, J Electronica. I came on stage. He was rhyming. I was rhyming with him, and he's like, "Yo, yo." yo, this guy looks like Juicy J. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so it's was, been was, was up and down. And after we got to talk for a minute. And... Don't choke me, bro. <laughs> don't choke oh, me, bro. Boy. Don't choke me, bro. Consent, dog. You got <laughs> consent. And yo, time and place, dog. Time and place, man. <laughs> Fucking sex is... Man, Friday see... night in the club. Not on Sunday night, Fri- Sunday in the Fri- street. <laughs> Friday night in the club. If you're in the Phoenix, fuck, go try <laughs> Yo, listen, fam. I really appreciate this time that you've given us here. Yo, man, I that, think yeah. we might have locked in. This might be almost a. This might be a two-hour interview that we. Oh, in word, for. word. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and and I'm proud to do that because, with me, I'm a big fan of long-form content. I know there's people in their office right now who are like, "Wow, this these are stories I've never heard before," and they feel enriched as well as me myself from being able to have this experience to share these stories with you as well as your history, fam. Thank you for giving me the space and trust to share it and listening and respecting what I do and what I'm going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. And just to really end it off, one of the things, like I was just getting into it, that 2014 documentary, why I started pulling out the discs, is because it captured, it's based on, shout out to DJ Joe G. Mm-hmm. And he did it. He's the producer. And it's based on half me and half Eternia. Okay. And it captures us right when In Divine Style was happening. And I was also an MC and a journalist and doing the open mic. And I was working, trying to get on much music, which had never happened. And I put together a massive petition, 150-word petition and interviews and whatever. I had an interview with John Legend on there first year. I had an interview. I have interviews that I don't have copies of and this is the I just discovered this when I started digging up my CD I have an interview that I had no physical copy of but it has my interview also with Little John mm. and an interview with T-Pain wow. that both happened up in the Royal York I ended up I interviewed them up in the penthouse suites of the Royal York in some spot I don't have a copy of the footage that's crazy and very I, I it might be with Manifesto it might be with some other cast but I'm like it's it's time where I need people to start pulling out all these old history things. I got an interview with Manny Fresh that I don't have a copy of. I have an interview with Boots. I have an interview with like so many ill things that I don't even have. But there's a few of those things on that already finished documentary. And there's a cipher with Empire on it. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was up at a radio station, but it's a cipher with Empire. <laughs> and I'm, you might be up in it. I'm probably there. Probably up in it, but like, like Diddy, all up in the videos. Yeah, all up in the videos. <laughs> Yo, man, you're the man. You're the. If Suge Knight never fucked it up, man, you are definitely the the good version of the, the Motown, of, the Motown of Death Row. Man, I I was a big fan of Empire, still am. I was like spitting a little atom bomb shit that I that I that I fucking love off my man, atom bomb. Legend, legend, legendary, legendary group, legendary times, bro. Um, and just a legendary, legendary conversation that we yeah, had man. here, man. Yeah, man. Thank oh, you for this. for this. Give the people your social medias, like, like the ones that you want people to get you at. Because usually, um, p- 
people will be like, catch me on Instagram, but I know you, you're heavy on Twitter and stuff like that. So yeah. holler at the people, let them know where to find you. So Malcolm Lovejoy on Twitter. Um, Malcolm Lovejoy, you can just email me to talk about some business and other stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I do other business. And uh, What's the email? Uh, MalcolmLovejoy at gmail.com. Okay. Hit me up there. And I do have Mindbender Loves You on Instagram. That's where Champagne Poppy hit me up, so I do keep it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm still, yeah, I, I, I ain't dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, you shit. If, listen, just hit him up on Instagram at Mindbender Loves You. But if, yeah. if Champagne Poppy got a call like a few times, then don't yeah. be trying to rush to you. Yeah, for real, for real. I mean, you know. Right. Like, don't rush to Instagram. Try to get it at the other places that you're most um, um, often on, basically. Yeah, for real. I mean, Mindbender Loves You also. You know, Mindbender Supreme at Gmail if you mm -hmm. want to do some Mindbender stuff too. And I'm still doing music. I do sex work. I do massage. I do mentoring for mm -hmm. some people. I've been talking to a cat who actually pays me hourly for me to discuss with him, consent to discuss literally anything from the first kiss to how to talk about not to request anal sex for quite some time or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. various other things like young people are just really looking for sexual guidance and and just how to be not a motherfucking abuser or creep or just horrible person just ruin your whole life like some of my heroes in sex work ron i met ron jeremy dog mm. i met ron jeremy at the motherfucking gladstone hotel i got a book with ron jeremy signed i talked to ron jeremy about the porn shit mm. that guy was my hero at one point in time at one point before he fucked it all up and went too far and started grabbing tits that he didn't even have consent for. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't have to do that. Started fingering you fuck people. thousands of women for money. For a month. Like, dog, you have people lining up to do, like, all that shit. You don't have to go the extra mile just because you're abusing power. Like, that's, you, like, that's sick and whatever. And now you're in jail. Yeah. Like, and, like, that's not, that doesn't have to be the fate of anybody. Like, you just gotta ask for consent got to know your boundaries you got to be a respectful human being and like that's one of my other things on some levels i was like yeah this mind bender thing didn't work out you know I, i'm still an lmc i got tons of shit i'm like fuck i ain't giving up on that shit and like i didn't come this far to quit sure. but like on another level being a good human and being a good sexual example and being a good gentleman and being a artist that doesn't abuse anybody or it's just a good relationship person whether i'm like yeah i make porn or whatever all those people love it mm -hmm. it's all consensual i got paperwork it's paid it's real yep nobody got hurt i got two awards i i got i'm an award-winning porn star motherfucker nice. like yo nice. i i by the canadian industry like i've been awarded so this shit is not not a joke it's not a game like it's a business and like i need people to show up and be real about it instead of thinking it's a joke or a dream if you actually want it to be yeah. even though i still have fun which is why the half of the other name is Lovejoy mm. from Reverend Lovejoy from The Simpsons. Because mm. I love The Simpsons. So it's like the first half is Malcolm X and the half is The Simpsons. Because it's like, yo, you got to have fun with sex. Yeah. Like it's not. So it's Lovejoy. Yeah, exactly. I just proud of being balanced to it. So I'm saying all that to say, like, there was a part of me for a while where I was like, yeah, you know, maybe my rhymes wasn't going to be the way I make it. But I'll, sexuality and sex work and porn will be also good too. But I'm just going to combine the two now better and just do both for the rest of forever. And um, Malcolm Love, you can just basically Google it. I got, I'm working on a new site, but just mm -hmm. you'll find me if you really want to find me. I'm not hard to reach. And uh, 
yo, I really appreciate this Friday. Uh, Thank you, man. It's just too much. Another day, we'll do another one. <laughs> no, we definitely have to get a, a part three in, bro. Yeah, man. And and I appreciate this. I appreciate you bringing the different the different um, artifacts from hip hop history and finish all of them. Holy shit, Word Magazine. Oh shit, yo, everything is just connected. Masterminds on the back. Wow. Shout out to Mastermind who got a picture with Nas and Raekwon. I think I said that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got a man. picture with Nas, Mastermind. Oh, I got you. I love you, Ray. Look at this fucking classic. ODB was still with us. Oh, but no, he was in jail at this time. Nah, Two thousand. That's classic right there. Yo, man, another one in the books that we have here. You know what I'm saying? Um, Hip hop historian. Um, I I think this somebody that I think that will go down in in Toronto history and not just Toronto history, hip hop history. As as someone who has really shown love for the culture in a real, real way. What's that right there? Canon on the African Caribbean connection. Mm, oh, with Canon on the cover. Yeah, man. Mindbender in the motherfucking building. Um What's that right there? Oh, Pride with um with Maestro on the cover. That was like the Jamaican magazine right there. Gotta get it. No. Because you never know when these damn anything will disappear, especially in Canadian media. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been listening to you, and I appreciate you. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, that, no. That, that's just all I had brought for today. That's the sliver of it. <laughs> Listen, man. If y'all want to connect with Mindbender, please hit him up at all the different places where he where he mentioned. You know what I'm saying? Get a piece of hip hop history. Talk to the man and know and learn about yeah, what's going on in the scene out here. Also, big salute to our sponsors, Astro Pink, as usual, keeping me nice. Check them out on their website, myastropink.com, and hit them up on their Instagram, astro underscore pink. Like, subscribe, all that good shit. It's your boy, Friday Ricky Dread, a.k.a. Content Master, and I'm yeah, off of this. Yeah. My, this man, is- my man that loves you. Respect to all. Friday, Friday. Friday. We love hip-hop. We love hip-hop. Hip-hop. Hip-hop.